Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy DeWitts, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beer Gang. Icy Main, Icy Gang is in the motherfucking building. This is episode 162, and we got the full gang in here. To my left, we got Mr. Doom with the do-rag. Do-rag Doom is in the building. And then we got Bandana Brooklyn on the bottom. What is that? What is going on today? How are you gentlemen doing? I'm going to start off with Brooklyn Doom just because we ain't heard from him in two weeks. Brooklyn, how are you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, man. Adjusting to the new, you know, new work schedule and shit. It's, you know, it's a bit of an adjustment, but, you know, we getting there. Yeah, we back, we back in here. And I see you got the cross earring. Okay, okay. I see how this unknown niggas. What what is up, Doom? How you doing? Man, chilling, man. I'm feeling good this morning. I hit my little NBA parlay. Everybody was <laughs> doubting the nuggets. I won me a little 150 last night. Shout out Yo. Jamal Murray, man. <laughs> we gonna have I will to add. never <laughs> hey, I'ma say this. If I ever see Dell Dimps in person, I'm stealing off on him. Straight up. <laughs> That nigga passed up on Jamal Murray for, for some buddy buddy Hill. fucking hell, bro. Well, look, so one of my homies tweeted, shout out to Ryan Abair of Bourbon Street Shots. Ryan had me laughing last night. Ryan tweeted, okay, so Pels, last era, we passed up on Jamal. The, the David Griffin era, we passed up on Hero for Jackson Hayes. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the tear emoji. I, I still don't think that the, the Hero thing is as bad yet. I think with time, Jackson... Developed. That hero thing looks worse every clutch shot it, that nigga hit in the, in the, in the Houston no, Conference no, Finals. I, I ain't gonna cap. <laughs> Bro, that hero nigga, is that, fucking nice, but I think Jackson Hayes gonna have a crucial got, role yeah, for the Falcons if he stick around. He gonna be... He gonna, it's not gonna be like Buddy Hield. I think Jackson Hayes is gonna turn the, out just the fine. The Jamal Murray shit was worse because yeah. we drafted Buddy, traded for Boogie, who left at the end of that season. So it was literally... We just gave away Jamal Murray for nothing. And then if we would have <laughs> like, had Jamal Murray at this period, we could have got rid of Lonzo and had draft assets and then rocked Jamal, exactly. Brandon Ingram, and then exactly. Zion and been stud. Exactly. But even here, bro, when I saw Hero come off that screen, it was down by like, it was, this was when it was down in the fourth quarter. It was, and I know we're going to talk more basketball and bros who ball, but just to get this out of the way, it was down by like six. That nigga came off of a screen with two niggas in his face and just said, yow, and just knocked. That's a cold white boy, bro. Yeah, that, like, nice. Like, low-key, as be much nice. as I love Luka Doncic, I might like Tyler Hero more just for his swagger. Like, Luka Doncic is 1,000% a better player than Tyler Hero. But just the way Tyler Hero carries himself, I appreciate it. He got, he got a lot of confidence on the court. You could tell, for sure. That's a, that's a cold white boy, that, bro. bro. That's something that young niggas don't usually have. Have? No, not at I'm, all. I'm exhibiting his Lonzo Ball. Uh, exhibit Lonzo, B is Paul Lonzo, George. Bro, Lon- oh my god! <laughs> oh man, they they downgraded that nigga from pandemic P to panic P. <laughs> I was like, God damn, this nigga, bro. Bro, when he hit that shot off the backboard, that was oh, like, man, and and shout out to all bad, you bro. niggas out there that's retweeting my old tweets, bringing them up. I fuck with y'all because that just showed me I got to get better at my stuff. But that's not my fault because on. The Clippers, there's no reason why they should have lost. And again, we're going to touch more about this in Bros Who Ball. But them niggas need to be embarrassed. Down 3-1. To me, this worse than the Warriors 3-1. Because at least the Warriors was playing LeBron. What you want? What? This is not worse? The Nuggets? The Nuggets? Look, see, I'm not going to let you sit here and disrespect the Nuggets? And and Jamal Murray. They're not. Jamal Murray. So who who better? 
who better? Games on on the Jazz to get past them. You gonna sit here and tell me that he ain't been balling out? This nigga, this who nigga trying to tell me right now. This nigga trying to tell me Jamal and Fat Boy Jokic is better than Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, and LeBron. Get the fuck out of here, B. You gonna look me in my face and tell me that somebody's playing better than Jamal Murray in these playoffs right now? You gonna look Name me in person. my face and tell me LeBron, the LeBron three one is not more acceptable than this? No. Nigga, you out your mind. You out your fucking mind. What the no hell? Team, I think it's I think it's even. No team should lose up 3-1. I don't not, think it's acceptable. This is not even. This is embarrassing. <laughs> this is fucking They I lost mean, to a nigga it, named Tory Craig <laughs> and Michael Porter Jr., anti-vaxxer, anti-black ass. Get the fuck out of here. He wasn't like the number one recruit out of high school. Come on, bro. You OG, well, bro. Well, that bro, nigga is, is anti-black now, so... <laughs> I'm not shocked. There's a lot of <laughs> Dude, which one worse? Down. Which one worse in your opinion? I don't know. It's it's tough, bro. But <laughs> I seen this crazy ass stat that Doc Rivers has the most three one losses. The worst. He cannot yeah. close anytime it's a game. That seven. is fucking crazy. Someone bro. tweeted that last night. Someone was like, "Oh, y'all need to watch out. Doc Rivers is horrible he, in game sevens. He got the most. He fired three one losses. Like. Up 3-1 and lose the series in the history of the NBA. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. He done, and, and if I'm Kawhi... It's nuts when you got the roster that you got. Like, there's no way you should That's what I'm... That's Kawhi why I say Leonard it's worse. And Paul George. And, like, especially when the bar was set so high from the jump. I like, I understand the Warriors had the Warrior team, but, like, this team was Kawhi, Paul George, Lou Williams, Montrez. That's already more... Then Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay. That's already more. You're bugging, bro. What, yeah, what you, what that's, you that's crazy. Like, but I'm saying, okay, but I'm comparing it. I'm, okay, but look, 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 look. You take Smoking the two teams, door. you take the two teams, and you compare the teams they played against. I'm I'm sorry. I, I expect LeBron, Kyrie, and K-Love to put up a better fight then well, Jamal yeah, Murray yeah. Now you and Jokic. Right now, what yeah. the fuck are we talking yeah, about? You absolutely right on that. I don't expect playoff P to make shots. We don't expect him to make shots. When has he ever made shots in his career? Indiana. In the playoffs. Indiana. In the playoffs? When he got past LeBron. Show no, me. No, when he was every, That's true. Everything, everything pre him snapping his leg in the USA game, he was a baller. He was. Ever since then, he was he always a baller. He right sense, bro. I'm just saying, man, I have more expectations for Kawhi. There was the, I thought that nigga was the third coming of MJ and Kobe. And this nigga just fell short and had 45 total points with <laughs> Pandemic P. That's embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. I was, bro, I was just about to say, I saw people bringing up, like, they was quote retweeting niggas old tweet. Oh, my. Oh. First got. Uh, that happened to me. P. Somebody said that uh, fucking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George was a better duo than then MJ. I and saw, Scottie yeah, Pitt. bro. And they quoted that shit, and it looked nasty. It right looks bad. All my like, tweets look, look disgusting. Crazy. All of them. Man, I never had no like. Look, Paul George is a great regular season player. There are plenty of regular season ballers out there in these streets, but when it comes time to the playoffs, this is a different animal, big dog. Maybe yeah. he needs to go dark zero thirty. I don't know, but right Ooh. now, whatever he's doing, that shit ain't working. Kawhi should have left think, Toronto. I just think the the bubble playoffs is different, is more intense than normal playoffs. Well, I agree. I agree and disagree because I'm watching the game because you know that they pumping all the crowd noise and we hearing the commentators, so it feel kind of similar. 
but you gotta think about how different it's a it gym. Is it's a part. Yeah, in, it's like in a, a in a wreck gym. Yeah, than it is to play in you know in front of. But that's people. why I think it's harder, and I think it's it's difficult but easy at the same time because you gotta think. When Jamal Murray had a crowd, that nigga wasn't hitting shots in front of his girl. Like I, yeah. I still think that's a big, a big thing to it. Like I think that's what the I'm play, the practice niggas are balling, but like the super, like we finding out who who can play at all times. Like I, I think the crowd adds another factor. But we're gonna talk more basketball later. I just had to get that out because that shit was that was just disturbing last night. I was so I was just so flabbergasted. Not that I care because like you know it's whatever, but like. Still flabbergasted. So let's get to the first topic at hand, which is which is a big topic. So Breonna Taylor's family, again, arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor always. Her family's getting 12 M's. They settled a lawsuit. But the mother said that we must not lose focus on what the real job is. With that being said, it's time to move forward with the criminal charges because she deserves much more than that. They said that they wouldn't have accepted the settlement fee without police reform in the city. I just don't know. If I'm being honest, I just don't know. Once you get that check, I don't know how you can control that. You know what I mean? Like, once you get the check, you can't do nothing about it. Like, you can't... My thing is, if you're going to do anything, don't accept the check till they do something. But, like, even then, if you settle, you got to get them to write something in, on paper. Like, you got to get a contract to where if they breach that, you can sue them. So I don't know the legalities of it, but I just don't know how they can expect police reform by saying that we agreed to do this settlement to get it unless you got it in writing. Unless you don't have it in writing, and then I don't know if that's going to pop off, but... I'm happy the family got 12 M's, you know, they deserve it. That's, but that's great, bro. Honestly. Like, I think the only the only negative to it is it's like, yeah, Not, you got the 12 M's, but that still don't bring Brianna back. That don't bring I mean? Brianna back. And I don't think it's gonna get her her killers arrested if I'm being I, Honest. I think, I, I think it lowered the chance you get the killers arrested. That's my thing, yeah. One thousand. I'm sure that those the, the 12 M's. That came with some paperwork saying, all right, nigga, y'all got to stop pursuing all this extra shit. You know what I mean? thousand percent. And that's why I said you got to get it in writing that they're going to do police reform, because if not, that's not happening. B, what you think about all this? I, I really think that once our family took the 12 M's, I thought, like I was reading it yesterday, and I thought to myself, yeah, they, they took the 12 M's, cool, but now that means that the killers walk free. Yeah. They may not, they may not police again, but they still walk free. I don't see how, like, how you get them arrested at this point. Cause, like, and look, I'm not, I'm not shaming the family for taking 12 M's. I'm not. Like, y'all deserve that. Like, do y'all thing. I'm just saying on a, on like a, a outside looking in perspective on getting them arrested. If I'm being honest, I don't think that, I don't think it happens at this point because you can't, because now the whole pursuit of, we're going after them. It doesn't matter what you do. We're going after them. We're staying on y'all ass. I'm not settling. If you don't settle, you can maybe get it accomplished. And even then, you might not. But you have a better chance than if you do settle. So, but right. good for them. We're going to, and I know they still protesting. So hopefully we'll see some change happen. But them, them WNBA players, they wasn't having that. They was like, yeah, they was pissed. Them is cool, but we still need them niggas arrested. <laughs> And that's the thing, like, I saw a lot of the activists upset, like, saying exactly what you just said, Doom, but it's like, I think they know that, like, once you accept that settlement, it's like, what can you do? Yeah. Like, and you know? I think it's, it's tricky, bro, because that the whole situation is, I think it gotta be the nigga that issued the warrant. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking as just, like, you know, if, if you was to be running a police department, like, if I'm a cop, and somebody tell me, yo, we got this nigga wanted for 
murder, whatever, drugs, whatever the fuck, he had this address, go handle your business. Do they really know? You know what I mean? And like, that's I, I that's, that's why small details, but, but no, that's huge. That's why you get yeah. the 12 mil. That reason, because it's like, oh, we're not just gonna arrest the killers, we gotta arrest the D, we gotta charge the yeah. DAs, everybody oh, that read the law. Yeah, and it's like that's why I don't think nothing's gonna happen because that's why they got 12 M's is because of the which exactly what you just said. But I do need to, I want to say this because I uh, I want to talk about this aside. No, this has nothing to do with this. Just, I think we got to chill. And y'all tell me if I'm crazy. I think we got to chill on calling everything racist in the sense of there was a video of this white dude was like, this chick looks like Gunna. <laughs> and all he said was the girl looked like Gunna. And she really did with the orange hair and everything. And people's like, oh, that's racist. Or they had they had a white dude and a black dude in a pool, horse playing around, playing basketball. The white dude threw the ball at him, hit him in his head. Yeah. And then a basketball and a black dude dunked on him and then threw the ball back at his head. And I know what that is. That's like, oh, I didn't forget you threw that ball at me. I'm scoring on your ass and I'm hitting you in the face. And people's like, that's racist. And I was like, what the no, fuck I are y'all talking about? Like, we that's got the more we. Yeah, playing basketball with your brothers to get rough. You throw the basketball in their face, they throw it back at your face. And you know what happened? I didn't peg my brother so many times with a basketball in his face, and I didn't peg all my white friends in the face. Niggas crying, and we get up and brush that off. But that's not racist. I think, I think the more we call these little instances like this on the internet racist, the more we, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? We water it down. Yeah, we water down the power of what racism actually is. Like. A, a white dude saying a girl looks like Gunna isn't fucking racist. That black girl looked like Gunna. I'm going to be the first to tell y'all. That bitch looked like Gunna. Like, 1,000%. And if y'all think I'm racist for saying that, then nigga, I'm sorry. But, like, she looked like Gunna. How do y'all feel about this over? I think we're at the right time to where, yes, we need to fight against all of this, 1,000%. But I think we also need to be careful of playing that card at all the fucking time. Because not everything is racist, man. Yeah, but that's a fact. It, sometimes they they like it's like being a whistleblower, bro. Like uh, the boy that cried wolf. Like, damn, motherfucker! Not everything is racist. Yeah, not everything gotta be racist. Like like you said, sometimes it was just a damn joke. And yeah, short look like gunner. Short look like gunner. Ain't nothing I can do about that. But, <laughs> exactly. And then if it's boys being boys, boys is rough. That's how we play. Regardless of what our skin color is, boys play rough. Period. That's a fact. So yeah, she physical. But then after that, I, you know, the video probably stopped, but I guarantee they hugged it out at the end of the day. They did, 1,000%. They, and they even posted another video that didn't get a lot of popularity, of course, because it's not right. what people want to see. It was them saying, bro, we're friends. Like, what are y'all talking about? That's my brother. Like, I don't care that he's white. Like, we, we, we get along like at the end of the day. They were playing ball in jail. They was playing ball in a pool. In a pool, right? It's like they was even playing regular ball. They was in a pool, nigga. They it wasn't like ball. it wasn't like they was outside, like in walking the street. Somebody just threw a ball at him. It was like fuck you, n word. Like no, that shit didn't happen like that. Like what the fuck, Doom? How do you feel about all this? Because I feel like you agree with me. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what y'all are saying. It's it's kind of like the situation with like the women that accuse men of sexual assault and they haven't actually been sexually assaulted, what it does is if you cry and rape all the time and you, you know, nobody did you shit, yep. out of women who actually are victims, nobody want to hear them because bitches yep. be lying all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's a fact. And I think we already reaching that point where it's like you say some, some pro-black shit and white people immediately go, ah, look at these niggas. 
trying to make it about them again. You know what I'm saying? And what's fucked up, even though I'm as pro-black as it come, I'm starting to feel them, bro. Because there's a lot of shit where it's like, all right, that's not a race issue, right? Yeah, no, I agree. You know what I mean? And niggas is like in the streets hollering and shit, going crazy. You know what I felt that way about? nothing to do with... What's up? Uh, not to cut you off, I felt that way about the Steve good? about the Steve Nash hiring. I'm like, yeah. if you if, if it takes like a little coof of knowledge of just like, let's look at this. Like, granted, yes, we need to hire black coaches. Yes, black coaches aren't getting the fair shake as white people. But let's look at this situation because I think I think if they would have hired someone like, like if they would have hired someone like Kenny Atkinson or like some just some random white coach, it would have been different. But the fact is, Kevin Durant and it was his the coach that he like connected the most with at Golden State was Steve Nash. He has been working out with Steve Nash in the offseason for like four to five years. Kyrie Irving, you have to get a coach that that not only KD likes, but that Kyrie Irving will respect. And Kyrie That's Irving can't right. tell shit to Steve Nash. Like That's the only right. other coach I think you could get for that team is like is like Chauncey Billups. That's the only other coach I think that would have made that team work. Now, granted, will Steve Nash be successful? I don't fucking know. But like to say that, that that's a, a race-driven hire and that's white privilege, no, that's not white privilege. That's NBA privilege, if anything. Right. Right, that's what I thought it was. He was saying something like, Stephen A said something about, like, Sam Cassell. And I thought to myself, like, if I'm in the office and I got KD and Kyrie sitting in front of me and I tell them it's between Sam Cassell and Steve Nash, how many times do you think I got to ask them that question for them to say Sam Cassell? Bro, how many times Kyrie Irving, if you had Sam Cassell, would say, sit your ass down, nigga, I'm better than you. Like, what, like, what are we talking yeah, about? Like, That's a fact. Like, and the thing is, if you look at Steve Nash, and this, I found this out by listening to Rajah Bell do an interview with Bill Simmons. Sean Marion was a basket case. And I didn't even notice watching basketball. Yeah. I thought Sean Marion was a head case like Kyrie Irving. Stoudemire was a head case like Kyrie Irving. And Steve Nash made them all work together because he was the coach on the floor. And Raja even said, like, Mike D'Antoni was a great coach, but that system doesn't work without Steve Nash. Steve Nash did things and saw things on the floor that Mike D'Antoni drew the X's and O's, but Steve Nash made it the X's and O's actually work. And we see, if you look at all the other D'Antoni teams, like James Harden and them, they don't make it work. And I think that's an attribute to the, the cerebralness of Steve Nash. And that's why I'm saying... Not everything is fucking racist. Like right. it was, it was an NBA privilege at the end of the day. It wasn't. It was. It, 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 and not even that. It's an NBA superstar privilege. Cause like right. you got two generational talents. I don't know too many people that could. If it's not Phil Jackson, if it's not like some of the the best coaches ever, I don't know who right. could get them go get those two to buy in. And I think I also think that um, what's his name? There, there was a couple other people that he helped. I want to say Quentin Richardson and and. Uh, Bro, Coach is never not going back into coaching because he got exactly. a high-ass oh, people that he's helped in his career path. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Black dudes are vouching for Steve yeah. Nash. And here right. comes Stephen Kuhn A. Smith talking about some is racist. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this dude, uh, Stephen Jackson, go on his podcast without nobody telling him to do that and shouting out all the good things that Steve, Steve Nash, Nash done. Yeah. And I'm like, so where you coming from with this if all these players is backing him up? That's what I'm saying. And even KD came out and yeah. said it himself. That's why I'm like, we got to stop calling everything racist because not everything is racist. There's 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 things behind it that that just it's not it's not what it seems. Also, we, we call out shit when it's bad. I got to call out shit when it's good. Josh Guillory argued in court on Monday. This is some Lafayette shit. 
argued in court that the judge should not block the access to the body camera footage and other records related to uh, Trey for Pellerin. So he's actually living up to what he said at the funeral because I was going to call it come in here and say he's a fucking clown going into the funeral of Trey for Pellerin while he's doing the opposite of what he's saying. He actually is trying to fight for both sides. So I got to applaud Josh Guillory at that point because we've been tearing him down for weeks, rightfully so. But like when he does something right, you got to you got to try to like Lift that up, in my opinion, because you got to call both sides. Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna comment on one side, we got to comment on the other, right? But I will say they've been on that nigga ass for weeks, and that's oh, that's probably why it didn't come from just a change of heart. You know, no, it, it, like, it came from the pressure and and rightfully so. Yeah, he bro, he probably the first local Lafayette politician that I ever seen niggas actually. Like, I, I was proud of Lafayette watching that shit because, like, like I was saying, I think it was last podcast, like, I've never seen anybody care about Lafayette politics to the level that they do at Right the now. Yeah, no, I agree. And I got to applaud everybody for, for putting that pressure on him. But I got to say, when he, when he did something right, we got to call it out. Let's get to the Kanye rant. Let's get to it. I, I, and I was thinking about this all night. I think I'm okay with what Kanye's saying. In the sense of, yes, black people need to fight for their masters. Yes, we need to do better with our contracts and all that shit. But I'm sitting here like, how are you going to sit here and say we need to get J. Cole, Drake, and Kendrick in a room when you've been bashing these niggas for months? Like, I'm Drake. I'm not getting in no room with your ass, nigga. I'll sit in a room with Jay-Z, Cole, and Kendrick, but not your crazy ass. I'm sorry. That's where I draw the line. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And then also saying, use your government money to go buy land. Nigga, I don't know no land that costs $1,000. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, the, but, but, but like Doom said last week, the message behind it is there. It is there. But like some of the shit is just outlandish. I'm going to get beat taken and I'm going to let you go, Doom. Brooklyn, My what you thing think? Is, though, he always do the, he always talk about the owning your masters and the land thing. Like, it shit done. Yes, I hear you. You keep telling me that. You keep telling me that. So, but he always tries to slip in some slick shit in the middle of the rant. Cause the rant is always the same. It's always, we gotta own our masters. I need to see their contracts. Uh, I'm the new Moses. Everything is a slave yeah, shit. Blah, 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 blah. He was so calling himself <laughs> Moses and Nat Turner's nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bro, come on, son. I'm like, tired of you telling us the same thing and putting yourself in some higher seat at the same time. Nat Turner, bro. Nat Turner was a slave and died for shit. You're not dying for shit, nigga. <laughs> you want to be a martyr so bad. Like, cut it out. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Doom, what you think? Because I know you I know you feeling away. Man, you know I'm going to put my cape on for Kanye. And I'm going I'm to I'm say, I'm going to just say this. Kanye is a nigga who he got weird methods to reach whatever goal he trying to reach. I understand that. The fight that he is fighting is extremely important. It is. So to to all the people that I feel like they, they focus on criticizing how he going about fighting the fight, because we can go back and forth on, you know, calling yourself Moses, calling yourself Nat Turner. We could, we could do that all day. We can say, oh, nigga, stop calling yourself that. You ain't, you ain't that. But the fight that he fighting is the same shit that that Button doing with his podcast. It's the no, same, I agree. Like, like we gotta have as black people, we gotta have that where, unless you willing to 
strap your boots on and come out with your rifle and join on the front lines, you just got to relax and let yeah. him do his thing. We got to like, have you ownership. Can't, you can't step in the way. Like, now that's I will say what this. they want you to do. I will say this because the... I agree, and I'm I'm looking at it from the perspective that you are doing that we gotta that he's trying to get all musicians to to have their masters and be and have better contracts and not get these ridiculous contracts. But another way one can look at it, and I saw this tweet when Kanye saying let him have their masters and let him control our nigga, you trying to take over for the for the uh, for the universals and shit. Now nah, if this nigga trying to beat a, a a black owned but just do the universal but fuck still be fucking niggas. That's crazy too. That's See, but I don't I honestly don't believe Ye would do that. I'm gonna Ooh, tell you I don't why. Know. You you already got you already one of the richest niggas in the world. Like you in that top tier of niggas when it comes to financial shit. You know what I, I'm saying? Let like, me tell you why you, I think he can. Cause look at how he did Drake. And I'm I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about Drake with Find Your Love. And you go back, watch those old interviews where Drake was like, this, I, I don't know what I got to do. I, he's my favorite artist. I'm trying to do all this, but he's just trying to own everything I'm doing, trying to stop everything I'm doing. Basically, he was stopping samples, stopping all of this because he didn't want Drake to get to a level. And, it, and it, this is on paper. So, like, I'm not just going to sit here and act like Kanye is this holier than now nigga that don't have bad intentions. Well, in yeah, song. definitely. Definitely. I'm not saying that. And I do think that he's always had, even from the beginning, He's always had something with Drake where he was like, I'm the top spot nigga and you my only threat. So they definitely had some real clashing ahead. Like Thanks. that, I'm not, I'm not arguing. But I feel like at this point in Kanye's life and what he's doing, like I just can't see him trying to say, oh, I'm taking over everybody master so I can take the spot of the label and fuck everybody. Like I, I just don't see that coming from Ye. I feel that. that I, that, I, that's just my, that. I and I could be wrong. I could have too much faith in Ye, but I really think that he like when you put your because bro, you gotta understand like Joe went on his pod, talked a little bit about ownership and freedom. Kanye and just look, posted look his, the, his contracts, like he yeah, posted bro, the full contract out on on Twitter. It's, it's out there right tweeted, now. His label said my label won't even tell me what my masters is worth because they know a nigga can afford it. Just that tweet right there is going to start a whole... Bro, we about to see a whole second wave of, yeah, it's crazy. They about to... They well, about he to better, some shit out. He better not do nothing. Crazy, though, because I feel like that 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 conversation has been sparked ever since uh, Russell bought Sierra's Masters. That's yeah. what everybody was thinking. Damn, maybe we should get our Masters. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's right, though, because it turns out that some of their masters is in their budget. They can buy it. Now, some of them obviously can't afford it, but there's a lot of niggas that can't afford their masters. Yeah. But like, yeah, nigga, show me the And Sierra, even though she did have a solid run whenever she was on top, her masters is a whole nother conversation compared to- Well, I mean, Russell would have been able to buy, Russell would have been able to buy a lot of niggas' masters, though. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. I ain't gonna yeah, say actually <laughs> And look, and but, look- But like, I'm saying from a label standpoint, they a little more willing to give up my Sierra than Kanye, and yeah, for sure. Ten albums of fucking platinum shit. And look, I mean? let me say this, and because this is also true. If I'm looking at this as a business, because granted, I agree with Kanye's fighting for, but if I gotta look at the other side, why do I want to sell his mask? Just because he, just because he yelling, and it doesn't make me racist not to sell him his masters back. I'm, a, I gotta say that now, because like, it's a business. I own this shit. Like, if I own your masters and you make the biggest songs ever. 
why I gotta sell you your shit bag, nigga? <laughs> that shit gonna make yeah. me money for perpetuity. That's gonna make me money oh. for life. Like that's that's not my fault. You signed a shitty contract. And I was about to say, I bet you in his contract, it probably says that he can't even make an offer to buy his masses for like 20 years or some shit like that. He's trying to speed up the process. And look, that's all I'm like, because so I agree with you, Doom, that like we got to do this fight and this is a great fight for creatives and everything. But also, we got to stop, because like I said this with Taylor Swift and if I'm going to say it for her, I got to say it for this. We got to stop saying that these artists are getting these treatments because they signed the, themselves into this position. Right. Now, you were decided and you signed on the dotted line. That wasn't me. That was you. Yeah. Right. But but I will say there is tactics that go into that. Oh, for sure. Take yeah. advantage of people in positions where they might they might be coming you know the typical artist situation. Like the way they acquire artists, they find these niggas that's in the streets. They, that's true. You know, hustling. They ain't Bro, but my thing for that, instead of buying chains, instead of spending your drug money on on cars, go get you a lawyer or take out, go to go to checking for cash, get you a payday loan and get you a a lawyer that can read this shit and get you an entertainment lawyer to where, oh, I could pay this loan back after to get you the right contract. I got it. I think it's also I think, yes, the fight is to get better contracts and, and, and what Joe and Kanye are fighting for. But I also think that there has to be a conversation of stop spending your money on stupid shit and get you the right people right. to look at your contracts. Another thing is part of a scam is that they hook you up with these people that they'll say, oh, oh I would never take their lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, no, that's that, that's retarded. And, and, and I mean, yeah, that definitely and, and, and looking at that in in hindsight, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like from where we are now. But that's why I think the fight that Joe and Ye is having is so important because 10 years ago, niggas didn't even know that. You know, oh, what no, mean? for sure. Niggas I agree with start, that. Oh, he a lawyer. Not realizing that, yo, Damn. you getting a lawyer that's been working hand in hand with the label for years. Or he on a payroll. Like, this, <laughs> yeah. That, right. This, you can't do this. This lawyer don't like have that. your best interests at heart. At all. You know what that's I mean? That's a fact. But, but 10 years ago, niggas wasn't even hip to the game. And that's why I say, like, a lot of niggas that's, right. you know, talking shit on Ye, talking shit on Joe, worrying about what he do with his dogs and all this bullshit. Like, if that's We're what you want to focus on, if you black, you need to just step aside and let them do their thing. And look, I, like, you know how I feel about Joe. I agree with that one. I think Joe is doing the, I think Joe is the fight. I honestly, if I got to rank who I want fighting for me, I got to go with Joe over Ye. Just because, like, the way Joe fighting for it, that's, I can see tangible change. Yay! Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yay just yelling. Man, and what, what and it is good you yelling. Think about the, the Joe and Charlotte beef. Mm, I, okay. I feel like it's heating up. It it's is. Look. I didn't expect this shit. Look, okay. I think Charlemagne is... And look, I respect everything Charlemagne is doing. I respect what Charlemagne has done. Charlemagne is one of the inspirations for what we do. I just think... Charlemagne, the way he's going about it, some of these podcasts with Black Effect might, if they don't 100% own it, their podcast, and they just gave it away to Black Effect, and Black Effect pays them a stipend. And like, I think some of the business deals that Charlemagne does is shady. I wouldn't conduct myself like that. I think if, uh, like, for example, if we make it and they just trying to pay me and not y'all, I'm not having that. Cause like, 
all my niggas got to eat without y'all. This shit doesn't run. And I just feel like I fall on the Joe side where he trying to lift all of his niggas up and then he eats. I I agree with that. Like, and I think Charlemagne's fighting for black people. I just think the way he's going about it is a little nasty. It's it's a little na- it's it's kind of nasty. Be what you feel because you making faces down there. I see it. Oh, I was I was making faces because I knew you was gonna be PC with your answer <laughs> when he asked, when he prepared the question. I knew you had to <clears throat> you had to start with I respect everything he does, and I'm like, fuck <laughs> you, Charlemagne. I do. Thank man. All I'm saying is. You're right. There's, there's, there's definitely shady shit in his business, and I feel like if somebody calling them out about it, I mean, they have every right to, because... Yeah. Fuck you mean this? You giving me a stipend, nigga? Like, <laughs> I want to see the numbers, nigga. I'm not... No, you're not about to give me no base. And no iHeart and Black Effect not about to own my content that I'm making, yeah. and y'all giving me, like, a part, like, 20%. No, like, no, nigga. If my, shit, if my shit was popping that week, I still got paid the same? If yeah. I got a million for one episode and I got paid the same, nah, nigga, let me see the paperwork. I got to get over 60% ownership and then y'all could take 30, 40, like maybe 40. Yeah. But like y'all yeah. not getting majority percent ownership of something I created and I got my own fan base just to come on some black iHeart like station. Yeah. I'm sorry. You got you to gotta look at it like this. Even if you sign with Black Effect and you get 50%, which I doubt they get. Yeah, I doubt that. Unless, Let's say you get 50%. That's still That's fucked. already 25% of the whole pie because I heart on the other 50. And you know right. for a fact, I heart ain't trying to just give Dang. money to these niggas. Dang. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I think Joe mission, Yay mission is so important. And that's why I, I lost a lot of respect for Charlemagne. I, I, I love Charlemagne. I, I honestly believe as far as like, just radio slash podcast. The best. He is the best at what he does. Like there's nobody, especially in the black realm, there's nobody better. Like, honestly, he's, to me, he's still better at just the radio shit. He's better than Joe. Oh, he's He's the best radio. He's the best radio personality in the world right now. He's he's the number one nigga, bro. But that right there, because when I listened to Joe Grant, it was basically like my nigga. You over here criticizing what I'm doing. And me and you are trying to do two different things. Like, I understand that you might be over there getting to a bag, my nigga. And that's great. But but is everybody, it's like wax eating. Is is everybody, all your niggas eating? Like, that's my problem. Black effect. He couldn't even see waxing it. You remember what we talked about last week? And I told you, I didn't think I saw his name on the announcement. And you was like, no way. And I was like, you might be right, Doom. There's no way he he bringing his shit and not bringing wax. Wax is not on there. And that's his niggas. Bro, that's been his nigga since South Carolina days, before the fame and shit, my nigga. Yep. And I'm saying, yeah. if you're doing all that and you want niggas to clap it up that you're doing some black shit... And you're not going to take your niggas? What I'm seeing, from, especially from what Joe was saying, which made a lot of sense, is all you did was partner with iHeart and brought them more employees. Yep, that's, that's a they, fact. They, they, they paid you a little service fee for the trouble. Yep. But you ain't do nothing for black creators, my nigga. Not a thing. All you did was get Envy and Angela another check, get yourself another check with Breakfast Club, get yourself a check by, by bringing these employees in, and then now you're the boss of this section. But don't forget, 
we still the boss of you, nigga. Right. And and the the, the fight that Joe is having, which is it got to be something that we ask ourselves as creators. Why do we give such a large piece of the pie to some niggas that one, they not involved in the, cre- in the creation of it. They not involved in any other promotion shit. Like, yeah, they might fund some shit, but that's, that's basically a distribution deal with a label. And the only way why, I why think- do you get half, half my nigga, not, not 10%, not 20, 20 might even be and maybe it. 60, but half my nigga. And look, and you the just only give way- half to somebody just cause they white and got money. And the that only reason why I think you give them half is if you're in the situation like us, for example, where they're giving you a platform with an installed listener base and it's promotion and it's giving you, it's bringing you to an audience that you don't have. But if I'm drink champs, and I didn't made my platform that big. You don't need them. You don't need them. You do not need them. You you upgrade and you take that money that you didn't made and put it to marketing. You think of new stuff to add to your shit and you grow as big as you can and then get you a deal once you're to your maximum height. I don't understand why Nori is has a has if you look at Jim Champs's pie, it makes no fucking sense to me. Title gets a chunk, revolt gets a chunk. I Heart gets a chunk and Mass Effect gets a chunk. How much is left for Nori and EFN? <laughs> How much? I know that pod ain't that big. No, and like, if I'm horrible decisions, y'all can't, like, horrible decisions came from somebody like us, where y'all were nobodies and y'all made yourself a name and y'all created one of the biggest black females podcasts on the market. If the I'm horrible, biggest, de- I'd say the biggest. If I'm horrible decisions, I'm waiting. Y'all, j- y'all got an HBO deal. Why the fuck do you need iHeart? Like, I just think certain people that deal works for, but certain people it doesn't. And like, if I'm Drink Champs, eighty-five South, Sh- like some of the niggas don't need iHeart. I just don't. Definitely I don't get not it. eighty-five South Show. As far as like comedy podcast, they the best. And that's my. And I don't like now. See Steve Smith, he might need them. Uh, right. Matt Barnes, they might like, like some people might need them, but like, to your point, doing why would creators do that? I think it's, it's a case by case scenario. Whereas if you need the, the viewership that certain networks bring, that's when you take the deal. But if not, there's no fucking way I'm but, taking the but no even, fucking deal. Even like with podcasting though, cause I'm, and, and this is just an honest question. Like even with podcasting, like, I don't give a shit if you like the biggest name Ever. I'm not listening to you talk for three hours if I'm just not interested in what the fuck you're saying. Regardless of what network you with, regardless of how much money you got in promo and all this other bullshit, like, bro, my podcast list, because I got like a little rotation every week of the pods that I'm checking for. You know what I'm saying? And nobody making it in that rotation unless I'm interested in what the fuck they got to say. I know that a lot of podcasts exist. I, agree I with know that. that that like I see them on YouTube. I see, but see, I Facebook think Facebook and shit. But I think you're a savvy I think it listener. Worked different. It worked I, different with podcasts. And it's not like a TV show where you could run like, oh, tonight at seven, this show is on. Like it don't work like that. I agree <laughs> with you, and then I disagree with you because I think for listeners of podcasts like us who are like podcast fans, we don't care about your marketing employees, none of that. I'm thinking for the everyday person, if you see an ad on Facebook or you see an ad on Spotify, you may click that. Like, for for the average people, 
I think with signing with some of these people, it gives you promo and it gives you a base that you might not necessarily have that allows you to promo. But if you are already have your base established, then that shit might not, that shit doesn't matter. It just, it depends. It really depends. And and you're right. Like when we talk about a podcast like this, where we not a nationally recognized podcast, it would make sense. It would benefit us. Yeah. You telling me that anybody I'm saying, bro, it would be hard to find a black person that listen to podcasts that don't know drink champs exist. Yeah. Why am I giving a piece of my pie to fuck No, you? look, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I think Drink Champs is stupid for signing. I, I, I do, and I if, love if you, if you If you black and you listen to podcasts, you're not telling me that you didn't know 85 South Show exists. And look, that goes, back, bro? that goes back to a conversation that me and you had off air about, and I'm not going to say no names. I'm going I'm to I'm try to say this as delicately as I can, where <laughs> someone was trying to make a new platform and they approached us to give us, to give that platform exclusive rights to our content. And I asked, are you, number one, how much are you paying us? Number two, how much is all my niggas getting? Number three, are we exclusively have to be on your thing or do we have, to, or can we have our shit elsewhere? And when they said we exclusively on this and we get paid through ads that I should, and I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Stop that. Let's stop this already. The only thing, reason why you trying to do, get me to do this because y'all so say black owned, but like y'all aren't paying us what we, what we owed for the content that we're giving us. We're giving y'all free content that we've made over four years and you're not giving us the, 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 the rightful compensation to that. And you want the content to be a certain way. Why the fuck would I sign with? Like, what the fuck? That's that's the stupidest shit I've never heard. Like, if you want to deal with us, I'll make you a new fucking show. But I'm not about to give something that that we didn't spend three years on for some fucking chump change ad. Like, what the fuck? What is that? That that was just a clown situation. <laughs> but, I, mean, I don't, don't want to. But that's sim- but it's similar. Why, it's similar to that. It's similar. It's just yeah. It's, it's very a, similar. It's similar to a. It's a scaled down level of exactly right. what Charlamagne is doing. Right. Right. Because there's thought. literally no benefit to do it. None. I don't zero. See benefit. None. None. And it's just like if I'm drink champs, you already got Mass Effect <laughs> Revolt and title eating off of you. Why? Why the fuck am I giving another piece of this and, and small me, pie to iHeart? That's why for the life of me, I can't understand why black people and I'm saying, like, obviously there's gonna be just the random Twitter niggas talking shit, but I don't understand why black people, like black people with a voice, like Charlemagne and all these other niggas, why would they want to talk shit on Joe Button and what he doing? Oh, it's because... Because it's, you can't tell me that Charlemagne wouldn't love to a hundred percent have ownership over Breakfast Club. But see, it goes 100% back to ownership over Brilliant Idiots, which he had before this Black Effect shit. Now well, we, 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 we still don't know. Him- we still don't know. He he never had a hundred percent of Breakfast Club, but Brilliant Idiots isn't on there. Like let's not let's nah, not. Brilliant Idiots is. Oh, is there? Brilliant Idiots on Black Effect. Oh well, he, he probably owned that. Effect. That's probably part of his contract that he owned that. That Brilliant- I don't think so, bro. I think once he put it in with the Black Effect shit, that's part of the deal. I see. I don't know that. I that I want. But see, I know why Charlemagne feels this way. It's because it goes back to that Kanye Drake thing. It's like if Joe achieves, then all these people realize that we work for Charlemagne, and then I don't get the leverage and power 
that I have at iHeart, right. thus making me a boss. It's about losing. It's about whether you're for the herd or you're for self. Charlemagne's for self, and that right. and that's what it is. But the problem that I have with it, because if you for self, I'll never knock a nigga that's doing what's best for them. My problem is is when you mask it as I'm doing something so pro-black. Oh, and that's what he's doing. For the people, like, that's where the problem lies. And that's where I got, I lose a lot of respect for Charlemagne. I agree. There's plenty of situations where I'm like, you know what, I probably could look out for this person, but right now, it's best to move for me. But you're not, but see, when you're doing that, you're not trying to take down anybody else. And I think, unknowingly, he's taking down other people. I don't, think it's yeah, I don't think it's unknowing. I don't think it's unknowing. Yeah, <laughs> like my nigga, you you know you he's at the tax bracket where he knows the amount of money involved in what the fuck he doing. Like and it's I, not a I heart didn't get in the room and trick him. They didn't pull one over. Oh, one thousand percent. And that's why I think if Joe is successful, it stops that. Like it stops him from taking these people who, whether or not they feel like they're successful enough, it takes them in from. When you go there, it's like, oh yeah, I signed with iHeart. It's this. I'm, I'm. We're gonna get bigger. It takes that away, and now it's like, oh well, now what am I gonna bring to this table to where I can still be a partner with iHeart? That's what it is, like one thousand percent. But no, I, I look like I said from the jump, I lost a little respect for him. Uh, Brooklyn, what is up with your boy Offset, brother? <laughs> the set, he lost his wop. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm shocked it really lasted this long. <laughs> like, if I had to put a bet on how long it was going to last, I would have lost, my nigga. Bro, this, they almost got a divorce before Doom was on the podcast. Like, we thought it was over that, that long ago. Like, I would have made the money then. I would have had the money in hand. I would have won. But when it kept going, I'm like, damn, this nigga off This nigga really outdoing himself. Does he get us? Does he get a uh, child support? Does he get like a, a stipend? Like you know, is, is she richer than him? She, Absolutely. He gotta be because no Quavo gotta have most of the money. <laughs> Quavo gotta have most. They all did those. They all did those separate albums, and we all know that Quavo's. They were all trash, but I think Quavo did the best. Record, Just because uh, of his name. Yeah, but, but um, he definitely gotta have most of the money. So damn. I would say that, yeah, he may be getting a little uh, a little stipend. Up? <laughs> he getting some uh alimony, alimony, yeah, alimony. To, <laughs> to, to maintain. Look, he gonna argue this in court. Due to me and Cardi B getting together, she gave me an updated form of lifestyle, and so right, I can maintain exactly. that lifestyle. I need some alimony. Look, I ain't so mad if said if said get a check. Dr. Dre wife. Yeah, yeah. No, he gonna pull up. Well, yeah, yes, yeah, so Dr. Dre wife. But he gonna pull up more specifically. What's that lady name? Who uh Wendy Williams' husband? <laughs> Oh, Wendy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wendy Williams has been saying, I got used to this lifestyle, bitch. I need a check. That's a <laughs> did, y'all, did y'all see the doctor, what Dr. Dre wife was asking for, bro? Two mil, yeah. two mil a yeah. month or some shit bro. like that. Did you <laughs> see the, like, the itemized breakdown of the two mil? Wasn't it like 900,000 for entertainment? <laughs> bro, it was like 150,000 a month for clothes, 20,000 for her cell phone. Like, just crazy yeah, shit. It's a, it's a 20 000 for a cell phone Wi-Fi. I was like, what kind Bruh. of Wi-Fi is this guy? What she cell phone? She got a hundred terabytes what, per second. Type what shit. cell like, phone plan is twenty thousand dollars a month, bro, nigga? I don't know, bro. I mean, <laughs> 
She got that super fiber, nigga. How many, how many cell phones are on that fucking plan? Bro, ain't no fucking way, bro. Me, my mom, and my brother are all on one plan. It actually don't even cost a thousand. Like, no bro, fucking I'm, way. I'm saying all their kids are adults. All their kids are adults, my nigga. So it's not nothing to do with the kids. He just got a crazy lifestyle. And what's even more wild, they divorce. But the nigga house so big, she just moved to the other side and they don't see each other, bro. Like, she still live with him. She still live with the nigga. If I'm Dr. Dre, I'm kicking that bitch out. You want this much money, bitch? Go take I'm this. Like, bitch, your lifestyle ain't changed. You just moved to the other room. <laughs> right, you, you moved to the other wing of the, to the mansion now. Okay. Yo, 20000 for a cell phone plan is fucking nuts. That, that, that is outrageous, but... That's crazy. Rest in peace to Cardi B in an offset relationship. I hope I hope y'all managed through. That's tough. Another black love is gone in <laughs> the dust. I'm uh, okay, another thing we got, according to Terry Crews, he said you ain't you haven't made it until you've been called a coon. Per his response on Twitter, you are not officially black and successful until they call you a coon. No, nigga, you was just a fucking coon. Nobody calls Jay Z a coon. Nobody calls Drake or Lil Wayne a coon. Nobody calls any of these people a coon. Just a fucking coon, Terry Crews. <laughs> and then they're trying. When I'm trying hard to get black people back on the side, yeah. I saw this on Daily Mail, and Daily Mail tried to do the. You know how when when you write like fuck on on a website, you got to put the, the stars. Daily Mail put yeah. the stars for coon. I was like, why? Just call this nigga a fucking coon. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think they gotta be careful because calling black people coons when you not black is oh. <laughs> crazy these days. Yeah, right. like you said earlier, yeah, they gonna pull that car real quick. Mm-hmm. Get the niggas the fuck out of here. <laughs> Terry Crews they is gonna nuts. pull up, burn that shit down. I don't even think. And what's even, talk about what's that. even more wild, bro, is on the list of successful black people. He way at the bottom. Yeah. I don't know no right. niggas like, that's been called a coon. A bubble. Cut that out. He's like a C list. Maybe he's right. like, he been he saying called, that shit. He, yeah, like he on the list. Uh, of the, uh, he, he's like he's like D list because you know how they got all the, uh, the niggas that do the Expendables. He's underneath what, the niggas that do the Expendables. It, like, he, come on, bro. He's like a host, like a host for TV shows. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, bro. When niggas still refer to you as the nigga from White Chicks, and that was how many years right. ago? Yo, our niggas, our niggas refer to him as the nigga who can do his pecs. Like, like yeah, yeah. Right. Shut your old coon ass up, Terry. And what's what's even more wild is he had one of the craziest black roles. Like niggas respected his shit on Everybody Hates Chris. Facts. He was like a black dad, and you still blew that, my nigga. (laughs) Like you a coon ass nigga if you blow that. They made the image for you. Chris Rock literally wrote the image for you, and you still facts. Yeah, he fucked that shit up. Oh, let me ask y'all how y'all feel about this. Gilly the Kid said. Let me just say this, right? I didn't spoke or spoke on that shit so many times. If you Google it, Stunner say it out his mouth. He wrote some things for the company, but he didn't get paid what he got paid. So that was gratifying enough. At the end of the day, salute to Lil Wayne, salute to Baby, because I didn't see Baby in Miami at King of Diamonds, and you know what it is. Gilly the Kid talking about how he ghost wrote for Lil Wayne. Doom! As a Louisianian, how do you feel about that? If Gilly don't get the <laughs> fuck out of here, bro. You telling me that Gilly the Kid wrote anything that Lil Wayne ever spit? Let me just say this, right? I done spoke on it. Google it, nigga. Brooklyn, how you feel? As as a New York nigga, you buying Gilly the Kid? 
I don't believe him. I gotta see the credits. I don't know. Niggas said Google it. I don't know, bro. I, I pray but, this isn't true. I don't oh, think nigga. it's true because I mean, especially for the kind of rap that he did, like it wasn't like any of the like, you know, I'm trying to be intellectual. It was most of the time it was way in the studio having fun. You telling me that you came up with his I'm having fun bars? I don't believe that. I don't yeah. believe that, nigga. It's impossible, bro. If <laughs> Gilly was writing for Wayne, Gilly music, well, even, even close to it, like, it, bro. I, I, come I, on. Well, I can look. I can't argue. I can't agree with that correlation because Quentin Miller, his music ain't blow up. True. No, but lot, if you go listen to Quentin Miller, if, if if you listen to Quentin Miller music, oh, you can hear the you court, could yeah, definitely see. Sure. I can hear the if you're reading this too late. Yeah, on, right. Yeah. For sure. One thousand. That I agree with. And, and and I'll say this: if Gilly has any writing credits, because this blew my mind. I never knew. Let's say you in a studio session, and you just so happen to be in a studio with Wayne, and he in there recording, and you say some shit like, "Yo, I think you should." Oh yeah, put you get a credit for that right here for sure. Like, like nigga, nigga. Say woo right here. Yep. That you got a writing credit, my nigga. Like, yeah, that's, it, that's so you don't get sued. No, one thousand percent. Yeah. In yeah. that capacity, maybe so. Now that's what I was gonna say. say now he talking mad shit like he wrote a whole song. Like nigga, stop. Yeah, to man. say he wrote wasted Gilly, on no Gilly ceiling. A clown for me though, bro. <laughs> oh, Gilly, Gilly been a clown. Man. Gilly a clown for for bringing six nine on bar stools just to tell him no, I'm not doing an interview. Why was the nigga even there? Like why was he even on the phone? Yeah, like like that, what are you bro. doing, yeah. bro? He was like, nah, I'm street. He played, he played that nigga voicemail on uh on his pod. Oh, it was a voice. I, I thought like, it was a phone call. I see, I thought it was a phone call. It was a voicemail, then that makes more sense. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, like a okay. recording. Like, like 6ix9ine was basically telling him, like, yo, we need to leave. gonna be the biggest shit you yeah. ever had, like all this other shit. And I think it was extra corny because like the reason they was blackballing him is like, yo, we don't want to give this nigga no type of he don't deserve no type of looks. And then you shit. and then you gave him a look. Right, you yeah, gave like that's the same as interviewing him, my nigga. Like, exactly, you and gave him the fucking. And the way you know he did saying? it, he played it, and then he was like, "I'm turn click, I'm turning this shit off." Street nigga, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, what are you that's doing? He a clown, bro. Because basically, clown. what he did was he was like, six nine wanted it, wanted the interview to help with his rollout. Yeah, you were supposed to say no to the interview to not help the rollout. And not what you talk did, about it on your show right, either. <laughs> right. What you did was you helped the rollout by playing the voicemail. Because now niggas is talking about 6 9 And you know you're on Barstools, which is a majority white platform. Right. And you know this is white people listening to this to understand black culture. And by you playing the 6 9 thing, it's like, oh, this album's out. Now white people go check for it. Right. But and now they want to know if it is bad. They're like, well, let me let me go, let me check go if see. It's bad. But you still gave him plays. But that nigga is sales doing. It's not doing right. well. He flopping. He is flop. He is flopping. Academics had to put out a post that was like, "Oh, don't think his this is a flop. He's just getting blackballed by radio and by all these black places." Nah, nigga, that clown shit has run its course. I'm so excited, Jerry Six Nine. Sit your fucking ass down, nigga. Your ass is through. I'm so happy you're outside passing CDs. Like you're trying to record that and say, "Oh, y'all go buy me." Nobody's buying my album as a joke. But like, nah, on the inside. You are shitting because you're not doing the numbers that you were supposed to do. You're not doing Uzi numbers no more. You're doing little dirt numbers, and that shit hurts his fucking soul. <laughs> right. And this is this is why it's important, not to bring it back to that conversation, but this is why it's important that 
black people own their platforms. Cause two years ago, three years ago, six nine, even though you know you sitting at a platform where you might not like six nine, you might not want to do the interview. If such and such company say we got six nine coming, it's gonna be the biggest thing ever. Guess what you're doing? You're doing a fucking interview. What is that? Now, since we have some type of control, which we're not all the way there yet, but we got some type of control over the platforms, what's hot, what's for the culture. That wouldn't have been able to happen five years ago. See, I think- 6ix9ine would have still had a successful run. I think that's part of it, but I'm going to attribute it more so to these rappers. Like, if y'all bring him on, I'm not doing an interview. And it's like, I think it's more so rappers leveraging, like, if y'all fuck with this, I'm not fucking with you. And radio stations can't take the choice of 6ix9ine or five- like YG, OT Genesis, like just six gang niggas being like, nah, we're not fucking with you no more. Like, I think that, I think, I, I agree with you, dude, but I think it's more so that, because like, it's crazy. Radio saying, nah, fuck that nigga. That Bro- nigga did a YouTube rollout. Yep. Brooklyn, y'all lost y'all king. Twitch. What's up? The king of New York is done, bro. <laughs> Stop that. That was, that was a self-given nickname. <laughs> that man wasn't nobody's king, right? But at the same time, everybody in New York knew that it was only a matter of time and shit. That that shit was going to happen. Because they was the first ones to stop fucking with. The radio was like, nah, we done. And then the rest of them followed suit and was like, oh, New York not playing this nigga? LA not playing this Because YG wasn't going to fuck with them niggas if they played them. And Offset Migo said they wasn't going to none of them Atlanta stations. So it, it, it was a combination of just like what Doom said, but more so just rappers being like, nah, we know what type of power we got. L.A. rappers was like, nah. New York rappers was like, nah. Atlanta rappers was like, nah. And then that that did it. That was over with. That yeah. nigga Black Ball, good for that, though. Get his ass out of here. for an interview, and then the rest of them is like, well, if begging you want Gilly. an interview, it's not happening. Like, this nigga begged Gilly and went on Jake Paul or Logan Paul podcast and still not doing numbers. That's yeah. that, that just I shows you. On the side of my suggested things on YouTube, I'm like, I had to squint. I'm like. That is fake. <laughs> and I almost clicked it and I was like, nah, I'm not giving him the time of day. I'm not giving 6 9 nor Logan Paul no fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was hilarious. Let me shout out to uh, Amine because I didn't talk about this in one of our uh, listeners, part of the community. I'm sorry I'm forgetting your name, but shout out to you. Um, uh, let's see if I can pull it up. I think I can because I don't think it's too far down in the uh, comments, but they wanted us to shout out the Amine album because they said it was one of the best albums of the year and I agreed with them. Uh, let's see. I think this is it. I'm pretty sure. Okay, wait. No, god damn it. It's so it's it's pretty far down there. But uh I think it was okay. No, I can't find it. I'm sorry. But shout out to you, man. I really appreciate you for uh sending that comment. That I mean that Amine album's really, really dope. If you haven't checked it out, it's called Limbo. Uh super super fire album. Oh, also, right yeah, check that <laughs> shit. That shit is hard. Also, shout out to Conway. Griselda's killing it. The uh, From a King to a God album, phenomenal. Kanye, Conway killed it. Griselda, the best label in hip-hop right now. It's not TD, it's not Dreamville, it's 1,000%. Griselda, Benny, Conway, and uh, uh, West Side Gun, Boldy James, everything they're doing. Doom, did you check out that Conway album? I did. What you thought of it? Yeah. I didn't didn't really get a chance to sit with it too long. Like, I kind of just, you know, flipped through a few songs. But the sound is there, bro. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't wanna, I don't wanna take shots at a, at a couple people we know, but it's a lot of projects out there better than that one nigga they always. Yo, yo, I don't. It's a lot of projects. Bro, I can't believe.
believe we was arguing on Twitter this past week it's about a lot how of projects out there, bro. How Eternal the Take is the best album of the year, and certain people, and I know they're gonna listen to it because every time we tell you, I'm, I'm, they know who they are. They they say that they use one of them used the numbers argument, and I'm like, if we're gonna use the numbers argument, then that means does that mean Taylor Swift has the best album of the year? Like, what the fuck are we talking right. about? Yeah. Yeah. You can't use the numbers argument when we talking about shit like that. I'm trying to say because he and, sold so much that that means he has the best album. What the and fuck? If, if if that's the criteria, then bro, six nine had the best music <laughs> for a long time, bro. Right. Also, turning the numbers up. I didn't want to bring this up just because he sold less, but for Drake to do a dark takes demo, that's um that's just his throwaways and sell. 2,000 less than your album? To me, that's yeah. that's better than what you're doing, nigga. Like, what are we yeah. talking about? Like, but it's, yeah, it's, no. It's impossible, bro. There Alfredo, so many projects. Look, I'm going to just give you five. That Alfredo. Nas album, too, by the way. Oh, with Hit Boy? I listened to it. I listened Fire. to it, like, a couple times, and it was, like, on first listen, it was, this is good, not great. And then the more I sit with it, I'm like, bro, this is a fucking... But I attribute that to Hit Boy, man. Brooklyn yeah. sitting over there like, oh, I'm upset. I don't fuck with Nas. Nas no, is No, no, trash. I didn't fuck with the Nas album. I did. Oh, okay, I okay. No, I got it. No, 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 no. I fuck with it, bro. Detroit 2, though. I don't know if Detroit 2 is hot. That's what man. I was waiting for. Because yeah, I, I missed the part when I talked about that. And, uh, and, I, and I know I came on the pod and said I liked it, but like now that I'm having more... I don't think I like that project. I'm still trying to sit with it. I've been playing it in my car on the way to work, on the way home from work, on my yeah, break. And I've, been, and like, I've been forcing it, and it's like, it's just not... I've been forcing it, bro. All right? My, my thing is, it sound too produced. It it don't sound like Detroit. Like I don't know what yeah, it was doing. It, it sound it sounds super like he was aiming to be number one selling. Like yeah, just go in and do you, my nigga. Cause right. I don't know what it is. And it I don't know what it like is. Time, it seemed like he was forcing it like Tom Brady was on Sunday. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I, I still think Dark Sky Paradise is his best album, and Detroit is still overall his best project. But I don't know. Detroit Two wasn't the thing. But to answer your thing, Doom. Alfredo, uh, Limbo, uh, fucking, uh, Alfredo Limbo, uh, I'm gonna say the Black Soprano family. I'm gonna say it comes with a price by Adam Dollars. And this is just right off the top of my shit. Dark Takes demo might not be alive by Jose Xavier. The Price of Tea in China, Boldy James are all better albums than Eternal Take. All of them. All of them. And then, and, then, and then if you want to go with more mumble rap style, Heaven or Hell by Don Tolliver is Facts. better than Eternal. Facts. Attack. I've been saying that. That that Heaven or Hell shit has those, aged bro, beautifully. Them niggas still to this day will tell me that Don Tolliver is not not even it. close to them the niggas level. Tripping. I'm like, bro. And, and they know we love them. Hell we love you niggas, but y'all, y'all out y'all mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love them. I love them. That's my niggas. That's my niggas till the end. But they be wilding with that Uzi shit, bro. Out they fucking mind. Uh, the final topic we got before we get up out of here. The final thing we got before we got up out of here, I got to ask y'all. Why? And I got to be careful how I say this, because I don't know if people in my house. I don't know if people in my house is up. But let me say this. Why is it important that women have males hang out with their friends? Why is it like you try to force your man to hang out with your friends? Because men, I don't think men try to force their girlfriends to hang out with their friends. And look, 
if any of my girlfriend's friends listening to this, if I hung out with y'all last night, I'm not talking about y'all because I actually had a great time with y'all. We played, uh, (laughs) it was fire. Last night was fire. Brooklyn, don't leave out the camera. I got to preface that because like that shit was lit last night. I had a damn good time. We we played Cars Against Humanity. I had me a damn good time. I was, I was, I was making niggas laugh. It was a fun fun time so i got a preface that if you listening to this because i told oh. them about my podcast if you listen to this i'm not talking about you this is just a generality it's crazy why they try to why they try to force that bro like i don't try i don't see males trying to force their girlfriends to hang out with their friends like because their friends is boring i'm putting i'm putting it straight out like that if i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be real and i had to get up to check to make sure she wasn't here their friends be boring my nigga like they like they like a mayo sandwich, my nigga. Ain't no meat, ain't no cheese, ain't no lettuce. These bitches is bland. All right, they bland. They only know how to talk about some some motherfucking whatever bum ass reality TV show they watching. After that, the conversation's past oh, surface. Man. We have all these. Small, I gotta have small talk with y'all for two hours. Two hours of small talk. That is a fact. My nigga's spitting right now, bro. You know, I'm exhausted. Two hours of small talk, my nigga. No, I don't want to talk about the weather. <laughs> My nigga is spitting, bro. Yeah, he is. And then, then they, then they always hit you with, especially when it's like your girl, your girl's friends that you just know them as your girl's friends. Like you don't really chill with them like that. So they always hit you with, "Why are you so quiet? Your boyfriend's yeah. so quiet." I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm Doom. Oh, you nigga trying to sneak and watch the game on his phone. Yo, y'all, y'all spitting <laughs> right. Th- yo, y'all, y'all oh, spitting right now. Yo, this shit where it's like, oh, yo, why? And, and then when your girl asks you, why are you being so quiet? Like, you don't act like this at home with us. It's because I don't know them like that. What the fuck? Facts. <laughs> Facts, bro. Ah, you, you niggas and, and I, I'm because I'm I thought you was going another angle with this. Oh, okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Have you ever been in a compromised situation where one of those friends were attractive and how did you how did you navigate that i just don't look at them <laughs> yeah that's, not, that's, that's a fact bro like if you ever pull up to a stop sign i mean you ever pull up to a, a red light and there's a dude on a motorcycle and you can tell he revving his engine and you just don't look at him yeah you just, you just don't look yeah. like that's what yeah. i do i just don't look nigga. and I'm i interact like, with everybody else i just don't interact with them i just like if they tell me something i'm like yeah i give them the shortest answer and then i'm done <laughs> Bro, it's that's a that's a tough situation to navigate, bro. Because I don't because I don't want my girl to think like, oh, I'm you look like you checking out my friend. Fuck no, bitch. I'm not even looking at her. I don't know. I don't know. Who she exists. If the girlfriend knows, like, come on, she yeah. fired. Don't lie to me. And you're like, yeah, I'm don't. not that nigga. <laughs> yeah, you I look like that's a booby trap. You know she looks better than me. What? Not my queen. <laughs> I ain't not for that shit. I, that oh, bitch man, is ugly. <laughs> This nigga is crazy, bro. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to add on to this conversation, but it might not be the best time. Let's wait till next week because I don't want, I don't want. Like I said last night, I had an amazing night. I'm not talking about y'all. Yeah. I just this, I just, this actually is a good combo. I think we should have next week. Yeah, let's do this next week. We could, we could bring that, this. That's back. a good combo. Remember that one. <laughs> I'm, I, you write it down. Write it down right now. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm putting this in my phone. But uh, Brooklyn, tell the people they can find you out on social media. You find me at all social medias at where Brooklyn at. That's Brooklyn with a Q, not a K. That's for marketing purposes. Because we are not trying to get sued by the city of Brooklyn. Doom, tell the people they can find you at on social media. At Doom SJE on Instagram and Twitter. At, I do want to take a second to shout out my New Orleans Saints. They kept me from wearing long sleeves in this hot-ass weather. 
because I, I will say, bro, I got I got a flirt lead tatted on my arm. So when them it. niggas embarrass me, I you can't wear short sleeves. <laughs> I gotta wear, and it's hot as fuck in Vegas, my nigga. Like everybody can see this shit, my nigga. So shout out to them because it's hot as fuck. Hot as fuck. Oh, we shout was, out to the safe. We wildin' this one. Oh, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm repping this morning, my nigga. We here. We here. Y'all make sure y'all go follow my two niggas, man. He's, I'm glad we back full strength. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the uh, world premiere song of the week by Ben Wren. We also have an interview with Ben that's coming up. And then as well as Bros Who Ball, we I got a special interview with Drew Productions. Uh, Drew is a former uh, media member of the Pelicans who moved to Japan and we get his take on how he was living in Japan as well as we get his take on who should be the Pelicans coach and we dive real into that. But we got a lot of good stuff uh, after this, but y'all stay tuned. Right now, let's get into the song of week by Ben Wren. Shout it back, girl. What's up? Shake that ass. Wanna fuck? Break that back. Fuck it up. I smoke gas now. I sip crown now. I roll another wood now. Roll another wood now. Yeah. I'ma go roll me a wood. I'ma go give it a pipe. Lately, I misunderstood. I cannot sleep through the night. Whoa, fuck you, don't tell me I should. I'ma go grab me a light. They trying to tell me I should move. But I cannot move off the sprite now. Sleepy, I'm high like a kite now. Bitch, you can bring you a dyke now. Snorting on cocoa, you white now. Coca Cola with some slight crown. Yeah, lingerie, fucking nightgown. Looking on Shorty from top down. Put that little hoe up on blast now. Oh. Putting that hope on blast now, putting that hope on blast now. Sipping on dirty, I'm sipping on crown now. Yeah. Well, tell me what I should do. I'ma go fuck on your boo. I'ma go fuck on a cool. I smoke gas. Don't do much. Don't do much. Shout it back. Girl, what's up? Shake that ass. Wanna fuck? Break that back. Fuck it up. I smoke gas. Don't do much. Don't do much. Shout it back. What's up? What's up? Shake that ass. Shake that ass. Wanna, fuck? Wanna fuck? Break that back. Fuck it up. Fucking from the back now. This dick got you moaning. Don't know how to act now. Yeah. All these fucking scratches on my back, huh? Ay, you deserve it. Think you need a plight. Wow. I'm just chilling. Please don't think I'm serious. Now you fucking with me. Mama stick mysterious. Yeah. Got a couple bitches. Hope that they vicarious. Rolling Durban poison. Think that I'm delirious. Yeah. 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 I smoke gas. Don't do much. Don't do much. Shout it back. Girl, what's up? Shake that ass. Wanna fuck? Break that back. Fuck it up. I smoke gas. Don't do much. Don't do much. Shout it back. Girl, what's up? Shake that ass. Wanna fuck? All right, ladies and gentlemen, this week's special guest is none other than hip hop artist Ben Wren. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana. How you doing, Ben? It's going good, man. Just hanging out. Um, happy to be a part of the podcast. You know, I've been uh, seeing you uh, on my news feed and stuff, so happy to be here. Glad to have you, brother. Glad to have you. So first off, I want to start by just letting the fans know out there just a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into music and making rap music. 
Okay. I got into first making music like back in middle school and like middle school band. That was like my first like introduction to like how music even works at all. But I didn't really touch it again until the summer of 2017 when my boy uh, AJ, aka Samurai Black, he uh, just got FL Studio and like threw me his download link. And I just started like putting shit together and, you know, figuring out how all the different parts work. 100%. So what, was that really just like the, the tipping off point to get you back in just by you and your friend just meeting up together and talking about like having FL Studio downloaded and whatnot? And that was just like, was that the, the I guess the, like, yeah, the tipping point to making you do this thing legitimately? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'd always had a, a big admiration for hip hop music and, and, you know, it always seemed like um, really crazy to me how it was all put together and really had no idea how it was put together. So I was just had like a pretty like deep fascination with, you know, recording, engineering, production, and, you know, on everything could basically could basically be done on this one program. So like, as soon as, you know, you showed me the, how that kind of worked, I was just like, ready to dive in right right into it 100 percent. who would you say some of your influences are that 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 influence you musically uh probably pretty early on it was uh like kid cuddy um right around that time like before i started getting into it uh we were like our whole friend group was like pretty big into travis scott and i really started fucking with the way that like mike dean and uh alex tumay and his whole team was kind of like putting tracks together and being like real experimental with like the production side of things. So, you know, probably like the whole uh, team over there, you know, with Kanye, Kid Cudi, Travis Scott, you know, I was just really fucking with how they were doing things and kind of paving the way for how music has kind of shifted to where it is now. And I think you do achieve that, that your music, one song doesn't necessarily sound like the other. You go for many different vibes, if you, and you can see that on your album "Ego Death." With like, from looking at a song like Ch uh, looking at a song like uh, "Crown" with D Suggs, then comparing it to the one that's right after with uh, "What Up, Little Bitch." It's like one is super, super hype. We're getting like almost, and I call and I'm, I say this because it's like we've seen rappers do this with like DMX, Six Nine, like the screamo rap, but then we get like the smooth melodic auto tune do you attribute that to your inspirations of like Mike Dean and Travis Scott? Yeah, for sure. And also probably like, you know, some of the the guys who came after them with like XXX ski mask and, you know, everything that members only was kind of doing like, you know, initially they were doing like hardcore, like rage shit, but as they kind of started to get some notoriety, they started to really express themselves from like an artistic standpoint and just kind of did whatever they were feeling like doing in the moment. And, um, that's why I feel like none of my songs really sound the same. It's just cause like, I'm kind of like a bipolar individual. Like I never feel the same on like two different occasions, you know? 100%. Do you make all your own beats? No, I don't make all my own beats. I do a lot of digging on the internet and just, you know, occasionally find something on beat stars or track train or linking up with, you know, other um, local producers out of Lafayette, like, I've worked with uh, Nick White. Um, the song, we have a song out called Hard in This Bitch that does really well live in our like live performances. Um, I've worked some with Nick Grant, but I don't think we've dropped anything together 
yet. Um, but I also have made some of my beats. So like the song uh, Choppa that I have with Krissa, I produced the beat for that and arranged all the drum patterns and mixed and mastered it and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Which one do you prefer more, producing or rapping? Uh, I'd say I probably like it equally. They're like, um, I like that I can kind of like go back and forth between both because I'm not really like always particularly feeling like recording and I'm not always feeling like producing. So like, you know. It gives you the best of both worlds. Yeah, depending on how I'm feeling that day, I can just like just go in and make some random jump patterns or, or go in and start recording and doing melodies on the microphone. You know, I'd, I'd say uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. 100%. Why the name Ego Death for your project? You, you dropped it in 2020. I didn't get a month on it, but like the, your latest project, why the name Ego Death? Okay. Yeah. So uh, basically I just, uh, I feel like um, throughout each stage of my like music making process, I've like, like personally been a different person and throughout all of it, I just realized that like I'm forever changing. So like the ego that I have now is not the ego that I'm going to have, you know, a few weeks from now or even tomorrow or whatever. So it's just like, you know, a lot of my past selves are basically like dead in a way. So like, that's why I have like in the cover, um, it's like me walking down the road and right behind me is like, um, like kind of like my previous ego of me basically. That's interesting, man. So you look at it as like, as you grow yourself, you, you, you transform and yourself ends up dying. That ego that you once had has died. See, I thought you were coming with like, I got to kill the ego in like, it's a different take than the, than the typical, I got to kill the ego to like thusly move forward. I thought, I think that's very interesting that it's like, no, you accept that you do have an ego, but that ego can change as you grow, whether good or bad. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's, um, I get really, I'll be really cocky one day and sometimes, you know, not so much. So, you know, I just got to try to recognize that for what it is. 100%. How important are lyrics to you when you're making hip hop music? I think it depends on the idea that I have in mind for that particular song. So if I'm doing like a turn up song, I don't think lyrics are really that important. I think it's kind of like, the energy that you're putting into the microphone and, you know, through the speakers, I think that's what's important. But if I'm trying to do some more introspective type of, uh, type of project, I think lyrics are pretty important and, and, you know, trying to convey what you mean, um, with your words, not just with your sound. How are you, are you looking forward? Because I'd say this project had Ego Death in particular had like one or two introspective songs and a lot of just vibes and feelings that were carried through. Are you looking forward to, and is it coming, the, the introspective of who Ben Ren is? I think, yeah, I think some of the songs that I've yet to release that I've kind of been working on and, and you know, I'm starting to plan on releasing pretty soon. It's going to be like a little bit more of introspective stuff and I've kind of been talking with my team, some people on my team as well. And, you know, I showed them some of the music that's a little more personal and they basically have, you know, are telling me that I should like, you know, put it out there and like kind of show that side of me as well. Cause I haven't really done a whole lot of it up to this point, but um, I think what I have right now will kind of like um, basically display my story a little bit better. 
Okay. Is it is it hard releasing those songs because it's like so personal to you? Yeah, I'd say it's a little more difficult. Uh, some of it is pretty personal, but I think it'll also be kind of like liberating in a way because you know these are all things that that you know might help people understand me a little bit better if I were to put it out there because I don't really know how to always um, express myself in those deep deeper terms. I guess just in like a conversation from a conversational standpoint. So maybe use the it music might be best to just like use the music to transmit it. Yeah. Hell yeah. 100%. So, and I got to ask you about a couple of these songs. Yo, crown with D sucks. That song is hard, man. That's like, that's probably the song that I'm going to play before our interview is like the world premiere. I really, I really, really dig that song. Uh, what made you want to link up with D sucks? And just talk, a, talk a little bit about y'all's relationship. Okay. Yeah. I met him through, he's a, I went to LSU for college and mm-hmm. I just finished up not that long ago. And he's a student at LSU as well. And it was maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. But basically, I l- matched with the girl on Tinder. And she was pretty bad. So I went to go follow her Instagram story or her Instagram. And on her Instagram story, she had posted a, like um, one of D-Sug's like, first uh, songs that he released. Like It was like a SoundCloud link. So I went go listen to it and it sounded like very like XXX uh, influence and like it was like one of his like like it's like a sad XXX type beat that he like recorded over. And I just thought it was hard. Like I just thought it was nice. So I just basically followed him, slid in his DMs type shit and was just like, yo, like I got a microphone. I got, you know, a recording situation, Pro Tools and all that, all that stuff. And just um, tried to wanted to link up and he came through and. We made some cool like turn up songs initially, and then we started to like get a little bit more experimental as time went on. One hundred percent. That's crazy, man. Through the Tinder, de- through Tinder, we got one of the harder songs on the project. That Tinder did it, man. Got a, That's hilarious. That is fucking hilarious. So, so then uh, you link up yeah, it's, with. It's weird how. Oh no! Go ahead. Yeah, it's weird how you know in a weird roundabout way the internet can like lead to these types of relationships and you know in a weird way the internet has kind of led to like many of the musical relationships that i have now but that was the only one that came through tinder i will say man it's crazy because the internet is always gets this bad stigma of yes we know there's the the false propaganda spread through social media there's the bullying aspect there's all these negativity negative things about the internet but when you use the internet the way it's supposed to or the right way, you see so many relationships forms that couldn't because the whole world's connected and you get like-minded people who make music together or create all kinds of different things. I think it's the internet is super, super positive for creatives to gather together, have a, a discussion where about your music or about whatever you make and then link and meet new, new minds. I can't tell you how many people I've met through the internet. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, it's, it's, you, you can, you'll make so many good relationships off the internet and, you know, a lot of people sleep on that facet of the internet. So I'll try to tell people all the time that I work with, you know, I understand that it's, there's the negative side to it. So it can be like a little bit taxing, like mentally, yeah. but you know, I try to tell the people that I work with to just push through it and try to, you know, put yourself out there. Cause you never know when you'll like link with someone and something good, good can come out of it. You know, that's true. Cause the worst that they can tell you is no. And like, 
Now, what's a no at the end of the day? You just keep it pushing. But next, the next question I want to ask you about is talk to me about Get Get That, the song number six on the, on the project that you link with Max the Demon. I think that song's super, super hard. Okay. Yeah, I first found Max the Demon, you know, through the internet once again. I was just on, I saw him have like, uh, someone posted like a snippet of one of his music videos on Twitter. And they were like, whenever Cole Bennett starts rapping, cause he kind of like low key looks like Cole Bennett. So they're just making like a joke out of it. Yeah. But I listened to it and it was like, it was mad hard. So like, I just want to go find his uh, Instagram. And uh, it was weird on that particular day on his Instagram story. He said he was throwing out deals for features. So I was just like, well, like shit, like I wanted to get like someone with some like notoriety um, on the project anyway. So I just slid up and, you know, gave him my, gave him my offer. And he basically, he basically sent me the whole goddamn song. Like normally I feel like you would send a beat and then they would just like record a quick verse or something. But like, he sent me like a whole like song, like chorus laid out. He had two verses laid out and he, he was, was just ready. Like, just keep your fa- yeah. It was just like, keep your favorite verse and take it off and just like put your own verse on there. And I was just like, this is literally like, I don't think this will ever happen again. Like trying to cop a feature from someone. Like, <laughs> no, that's that sounds rare. I've never heard of shit like that. That's crazy. He said, "Look, I'm gonna give you three verses and a chorus. You choose whichever thing you want out of it." That's nuts. <laughs> it'll yeah, it'll never be that easy again. Like like I like I legit like already like bought like a drill beat because mm-hmm. I knew he was on some drill shit. So I just found a cool drill beat to work with, and he was just like, "Nah, bro, like I already got it." I was just like, okay, like, cool. Like, Bet. then all right, we'll see what's up. Talk to me about yeah. the, is it a group? Is it a label? What's, what's the, uh, appear in where it's like y'all are linking people from the three, three, seven to the two, two, five. Okay. Yeah. It's called Empyrean. Empyrean. My, my bad. It's all good. And, um, that basically started with, uh, me and my friend AJ who like got me into music. And from there we had, uh, linked with Jay Benny. We like, I went to high school with Jay Benny. We were like same graduating class, but we didn't really link up until we started like making music and like started just hanging out and shit. So we got together and just started making music. And then D Suggs came along. And then now we got our friend Ro. And most recently we had this guy, uh, Khalil, who's friends with D Suggs. And they've also linked together from like just like being on the internet type shit. So it kind of just all came through initially from like friends from Lafayette, but then it just started to like branch out into this other thing. And it, I guess you could call it like a record label. Like, like I've started to take it a little more seriously and started to like give it some structure and be like, you know, kind of like establish some milestones and some goals that we're trying to reach along the way. And like, you know, just to kind of keep us all like accountable for each other and making sure that we're staying on top of our shit. How hard is that in a, in a group setting? Being that like, I, I know exactly what, what that is. Just talk to the people who are in groups and like just any advice you would have because it it's easy to get the people together. It's harder to keep it going consistently. Yeah, I think probably the best way to keep it going consistently is to just put down your goals for the group and like the goals that you have for like each individual, like literally just write it down on paper. And, you know, from there you can kind of see, you can basically kind of see if you're going in the right direction or not. And it's, 
I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy because, you know, everyone's got their own life and, yeah. you know, we're still like not at a point where, where we can all make music full time, but it's just, you know, staying on top of each other and constantly like sending songs back and forth. And, and luckily because we have um, people who are willing to record with us and like here in Baton Rouge and Lafayette, like we don't always have to be in the same spot to make something happen. So, so, you know, through Gmail and just, you know, Pro Tools sessions, we can just send this shit around and still make like, it work, get, get the content out. Yeah. And, and unfortunately with COVID, we haven't been able to do any shows, but always linking up together for shows was like a good, like driving force to keep us going. Cause like, how has that been with like not being able to perform and, and, and I've seen that like from how I hear you describe it in front of your, for some of your favorite artists, I can tell that, that's something that you really enjoy just from me, not even seeing you perform or just hearing you say anything about it, just from like knowing the artists that you look up to and just hearing how, like you said multiple times, you had songs that were better live action or just better in performing. I can tell that that means a lot to you. So how has it been not having being able to perform due to COVID? It's been pretty sad, man. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's like, I didn't know that it was going to like, captivated me as much as it has until I had like my first couple performances and like saw people like wilding out like just this shit that you know came through like us kind of fucking around in a studio so it's been like sad not being able to do it I guess you could say I have like some withdrawals in a way you know it's kind of like it's kind of like a drug basically it's like it's like a spike of dopamine like really quick so like I, I really do miss it. Um, we were supposed to have a show at the office in Lafayette. Yeah, the office in Lafayette. Um, whenever they started to like roll out the phases again, but then like almost as soon as they started to roll it out, they shut it back down like a couple months ago. Oof. So you know, uh, now we're just kind of waiting around and seeing what the uh, the government kind of you know lets people do. I'm sure we could probably make something happen, like in an outdoor setting but uh i, I don't know i don't yeah know have you ever considered doing the the internet show like the ig the youtube live twitch thing i haven't really thought about it i kind of would like to talk to someone who has like done it because like i i wouldn't even really know the best way to go about setting it up so i would like to like talk to some other people who have tried it and like get their perspective on it but I wouldn't, I'm not necessarily against it. Like, I think it could be fun, you know, just to get like some of the, uh, the people in Imperium together just to yeah. like, do something to put out there. Um, if I were to do it, I would want to make sure that it's like sound and real, right. You know? Yeah. Cause that's, that's been an issue. Cause you know, some people are just doing it through their, like, they're like iPhone, like, uh, uh, microphones and shit. on um, just like, just throwing up their IG live and just like having the audio go through there. I, I would want it to like link it up somehow so that it's like makes real nice, you know, it gives the people like a good, like audio experience. Yeah. Good little show. Tell the people where they can find uh ego death at on streaming and, and whatnot. You can find ego death on my Spotify page or Apple page or title or, or wherever you listen to your music or stream your music. Um, it's been ran on Spotify. That's B N R E Y N. And you can find all my music on there, basically. 100%. Let's get to the rapid fire question portion of it. So being that you're from Louisiana, I ask this to every Louisianian, crawfish or gumbo? And I'm talking boiled crawfish. 
crawfish. Okay, gumbo or boudin? Boudin. Ooh, so boudin or crawfish? This is tough. If it's Billy's boudin, we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go boudin. It's it's your favorite one, so we're going Billy's. All right, I see it. I see it. I see the vibes. Yo, Billy's uh stuffed boudin balls are immaculate. Must say so myself. It makes you want to tear up, man. That shit's, <laughs> that shit's so good. Yeah, it is. It's freaking amazing. Okay, so the next question I have: If you could go anywhere on vacation with no COVID ramification or anything like that, where would you go? I'd probably go to New Zealand and like Ooh. try to go like check out the landscapes where. Um, Lord of the Rings was shot at because they got some pretty epic landscapes out there. Yes, they do. So, okay. So does that mean Lord of the Rings is your favorite movie? Cause that's the next thing I was going to ask favorite movie and TV show. Uh, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite movie. I'd probably say I'll just go with my favorite TV show. I'd probably say um, breaking bad or Ooh, okay. it's like a tie between breaking bad and lost. Ooh, okay, okay. I gotta ask you: Have you watched The Sopranos or, or The Wire? I have not seen The Sopranos, but I listened to a podcast. Um, like one of my favorite podcasts is uh, Tim Dillon's podcast, and he talks about The Sopranos. He's like a, a Long Island native, and he he like he said he grew up around some people who had that type of like Sopranos mob uh, lifestyle lifestyle and relationships. Hell yeah. Well, man, look, if I got any suggestions, if you love Breaking Bad, check out The Wire or The Sopranos. Both are great A show, but Heisenberg's the man, man. Did you watch the new uh, El Camino movie, the one, the Jesse movie? Yeah, I watched that. And I've also been keeping up with the Better Call Saul spinoff. Is this a hot take? I low key like Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad. Just like a tiny smidgen. I, I like the like change of gears. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's like the same like cinema cinematography, you know, some of the same characters, but it's got like a different like vibe, to different vibe, different direction that they're going on. Um, I don't know if I would say I like it better than Breaking Bad, though, but I, I'd heavily fuck with the show and I like seeing the evolution of uh, Jimmy or Saul or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Did you like El Camino? Because I see I saw a lot of people have mixed reviews on it. Did it let you down? I didn't dislike it, but okay. I, I kind of expected uh, more than something, something a little different. Yeah, maybe a little more. But I think I think it was um, in a way it was kind of a good ending, you know, for him. So, but I don't know. Hell yeah! So we got Breaking Bad. We got the Breaking Bad universe. So all right, next question we got for you: Are you into any comic books, any animes, anything like that? I never really got into that uh, realm of of culture, but if you were to recommend an anime or a comic that would get me into it, what what would you recommend? Ooh, okay, that's a good question. Um, I'd recommend you because you you've never gotten into it, and because you say you like Breaking Bad. I'm not gonna give you some crazy off the wall shit just off rip. I'd give you a comic by the name of Hundred Bullets that I guarantee is gonna be made into a movie or a TV show within the next like five to eight years. I'm betting my like the house on it. Also, I'd recommend Cowboy Bebop if you're trying to get an anime. Those two things are pretty decent entry level things to where. If you like Breaking Bad, those things would be very, very interesting to you. I will say that. You said 100 Bullets, and what was the second one? Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. All right, I'm writing those down so I can go 
check them out. Hell yeah, I definitely think you'll enjoy those. And the final question we ask everybody, if you're the writer, director, producer to the Ben Rin movie, how would you want it to end? That's a great question. Probably, probably me being a producer for like the next great talents album, like in the studio, like working on like the next good thing, but not necessarily me being in the booth, kind of like helping direct the next person, like the next youngster, like when I'm like an old person. Hell yeah. I like that. I like that answer. Getting your Mike Dean on, maybe doing some record label shit. I fuck with that. Thank you so much, Ben, for coming on the show. Tell the people they can find you on social media. All right. You can find me on Instagram at Ren underscore Benolds. That's R-E-Y-N underscore B-E-N-O-L-D-S. And I'm on Twitter at Benjamin1940. Um, yeah, and you can find my Spotify or Apple Music at uh, Ben Ren, B-E-N-R-E-Y-N. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Next time you drop a project, we'll do an album deep dive and we'll have another good time with you. I really enjoyed this conversation. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. And I appreciate what you're doing for, you know, the whole like local scene down in South in South Louisiana and giving people a platform to to not just talk about their music, but, you know, also some of their like personal beliefs and yeah. stuff like that. Hell yeah. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. With that being said, let's get into the rest of the show with Bros Who Ball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say big thank you to our special guest this week, Ben Wren. But it, oh, y'all make sure y'all go follow him and check out his album, uh, Ego Death. But right now, it's time for the show called Bros Who Ball. Yes, it's time for the segment of the Bros Who Think podcast where we talk sports. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host to the left, Mr. Adam Schubert, and down at the bottom, Mr. Justin Baptiste. Adam, how you doing today, brother? I don't call you Adam. How you doing, Schubert? (laughs) I'm doing well, man. We had some crazy NBA this week, and then the uh, NFL was back. Uh, Saints Bucks had the highest rating, so where are all the haters at? All the boycotters. Just lying. Just lying. Lying, so, and it just shows like it was never about uh military. It's not. It's just like y'all just don't want black people to speak up. That's all. That's all it is. That's all it fucking is. Like nothing else I can say. But we're not talking about that. But I'm glad you brought that up because that is very much so true. At the bottom, joining me, Mr. Justin Baptiste, Jay Boogs. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. Um, just a long day. Mm. Uh, a lot of sports shows. Seen a lot of basketball talk and. Last night was for the ages. I'm excited to see what you think. I'm very excited to talk to you, gentlemen. I've been waiting to do. He's got he's got on a shirt from uh, the newly minted Louisiana Raging Cajuns top 25 team. I saw, and we'll and we'll get into all of that. But real quick, before we do, the Pelicans coaching search is heating up. There's a lot of stuff talks about, do we extend Brandon Ingram? Do we extend Lonzo Ball? What should we do? I brought in former media member of the Pelicans, but still very crucial to Pelicans Twitter. The only reason why he's former is because he's in Japan right now. But I bring in special guest Drew Productions to talk to us about the Pelicans and some NBA stuff. Let's get into that right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into bro, the meat of bros who ball, I have a very special guest because, look, I know I said I wouldn't be talking Pelicans until next season, but... We got a coaching search. We got a player that could be maxed out. We got another player that could get an extension, another player that can get another extension. It's just, 
it's a lot of Pelicans conversation going on in the Pelicans community. And I felt like, look, we're going we gonna to join the conversation as well. So joining me is Andrew Smith. You guys may know him as Drew Productions. He is a former media member of the Pels, photographer, all around Pelicans fan and coverer. How you doing, Drew? I'm good, man. How you feeling, baby? Doing good. You know, can't complain, can't complain. If the people don't know, you are out in Japan right now. How has that been with, like, corona and everything? And, like, how has how is Japan itself the country? So, I'm not in one of the big cities. I'm in a real rural area. I didn't go to Osaka or Tokyo or Kyoto or Hiroshima or none of the major spots. I'm on a... It's a big island called Shikoku. It's right under the main island, but it's rural. Like, I got nothing but super old people around me. Nobody speaks English. We still nonstop farm workers. <laughs> people got flip phones still out here. Hell, bro, I'm thinking of like, okay, so do you remember, have you ever seen Samurai Champloo? Yes. Do you know the land of like sunflowers when they go at the end where it's like this island and it's just like a bunch of farm land? Yes. Yeah, that's what so I'm picturing. It's, that's that's kind of accurate to what it is. Like, there's little city parts spread out, but the majority of where I'm at is just farm, rural houses, like wood houses, and yeah, it, it's just like mainly farms. Okay. How has the transition been being from America to living in Japan? So this is my second time coming to Japan. I went to Japan two years ago. Uh, to the same island only okay. for a couple of months. And then I went back, covered the season, stayed for a while, and I decided to come back. It still was hard. You can come here twice. This time was easier. The first time was nuts. <laughs> but the, the hardest transition is just the language barrier. Uh, the food part is easy because the food here is actually like stupid. Delicious. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you... It's just like everything you watch is just like that. And, you know, anytime they show food and anime, it's all glittery. Amazing. And and so, yeah, it looks like that's how everything looks here. Awesome. Okay, so uh, do you speak Japanese? Really, really little. I actually stopped practicing for like the last two months. So, so how do you, like, how do you manage over there, man? <laughs> But <laughs> <laughs> like playing charades. <laughs> okay. So yeah, how how long are you gonna be in Japan during because it's Corona and I'm sure you can't like come back or anything like that for a while. If I come, I, the thing is, if I come back, I can't come back to Japan for who knows how long. Yeah. So they they're like, yeah, you just move back to America. You ain't coming back. <laughs> you can go to America. And I'm not going to lie. America don't look that good right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, good luck. I can't argue that because it's the truth. Shit is wild got, out here. I got, I have, it's not free health care, but like assisted health care. Well, I'm going to the doctor every month. I'm paying like what's basically in dollars, about 30 bucks, getting like oh my gosh. four bottles of medicine, getting everything I need for about $30 on, on walking appointments. Yeah, definitely stay there. Do not come back here. Yeah, like, <laughs> I come back in the city that I'm in. The island in total, I think, had about 70 cases through the whole pandemic. The city I'm in didn't have one case. Dang. So y'all followed the rules. Y'all followed the, the rules. Yeah. I'm like, and even with the island, 
it's been easy to tell where the cases come from. Someone will come from Osaka and they'll be like, oh, it's just this family. They'll isolate them, get rid of it. Somebody comes from Italy or America. Like, oh, it's just them. Get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And, that, and they'll isolate them and they'll, and they'll treat them. But yeah, even on the island when they did have cases and it was scary, they just wore masks for like, they wear masks here regardless. Regular, yeah. Years ago. But they just like everybody wear masks, social distance, kind of stay inside for about a month, two months, and then it went down dramatically. And now I'm going back to the beaches, chilling. You see, <laughs> man, that I've argued that point so many times with so many different people. Of they're like, no, the economy would. I was like, bro, if we would have just sat down for two months straight. We would have just been you straight out. for a while. You chill for a while, and then the economy bounces back. Like exactly. you, you bounce back, and the economy bounces back. America has way more than enough money for to to relax and settle down for a few months. Now, to, now they're getting to a point to where, okay, it was a couple month thing when they only had a couple hundred thousand cases and a few deaths. Now, what there's like four hundred thousand, or excuse me, four hundred thousand deaths or something yeah. is going to be projected by the end of the year. And I think you're at a hundred, almost two hundred thousand now. Like. And with football stadiums mm-hmm. opening and just all kind of stuff, yeah. op- I didn't. I don't watch. I haven't watched football, a football game, in maybe like three or four years. I kind of threw football to the wayside just yeah. because of morals. But when I saw clips, I was like, "Wait, there's people." People blew my mind. People, man, it's like it is ridiculous what's going on in America right now. But let's not even let's not even bother with that. I'm here yeah, yeah. to have you here to talk some basketball. So let's let's jump into first off. What's your thoughts on the NBA playoffs right now? Uh, what's your thoughts on who's the who's your prohibitive favorite and who do you like going into the Eastern Conference Finals and, the, and then the Western Conference Finals? Oh. The bubble, I actually really, really love how they did the bubble. I was skeptical at first, but the no fans thing kind of uh, ended up working. Yeah, way better. Like that, I get hype a little bit with a with a fake crowd noise. I kind of forgot. <laughs> like, oh, we nobody really, nobody's really um there. really here. <laughs> nobody's really here. This that fake crowd be getting hype. And they've been doing some really nice things, of course, with like Black, Black Lives Matter and supporting uh, all that. So regarding the situation, how it's being handled, I think this is the best that we could ask for as far as playoffs. Uh, as far as my picks in the West, I've always had the Clippers. I've been riding with the Clippers since since they've got Paul, since they've gotten Paul George and Kawhi Tandem. That defense that they have is just nuts. It's insane. They're kind of like playoff built. They're just that grimy, green, nasty team. I've always liked them in the West. I kind of, I always thought it was going to be obviously the two teams in LA in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, in the East, I'm shocked that the Bucks got out so soon. See, I've been on Miami be... since December. When I saw <laughs> just what Jimmy did to that team, I was like, yo, they're dark horse. Yeah. And I, and yeah. for me, the Bucks would, what all I needed to see was how Giannis would bounce back after last season's playoffs. And it did it. I don't want to say it didn't seem like he didn't grow, but like it, he didn't grow. The, the regular season, most dominant dude in the league. Yeah. Regular season, you can't you can stop him in the transition, half court, no matter what. I think Miami, there's a couple of teams that are amazing matchups for Giannis. Even though I don't know, you know, they don't have better players than Giannis because he's 
most likely going to be the MVP is probably the best player in the league. Yep. But Miami is built as Gian- Giannis stopper. You can't you can't bulldoze through Miami. It's too much strength, too much length. You have Jimmy Butler, Bam, um, Jay Crowder, uh, um, Iguodala. Yeah, Jay, like that's, that's a, Jay, that, but that's my three. That's my third one. I was thinking of Jay, Bam, and Jimmy. You're not. That's that's all Giannis is seeing. Yep. <laughs> you're not getting through that, and they are not getting off of you. So that that left a little bit too much pressure on their um, on their role players. Also, I think uh, Toronto does a good job at stopping Giannis. Yeah, they do, but they are out now, and we got a Boston Miami conference finals. And look, this is what yeah. this is how I feel about this. I think Boston has the best three players on the floor. Now they're. To me, Boston can only go five deep. I don't even like saying six with Williams and Ojale and and, and uh, Wanamaker. To me, <laughs> Miami can Miami can go damn damn near ten five, deep. Yeah, so it's, it's an amazing really five. <laughs> so, the, so the question is, can their five beat Miami's eight to nine guys? It's all to me on Tatum, man. Is Tatum going to look like that star-carrying guy? Because I think Kimba's going to be consistent. Yes. I don't think I, I don't really have a question about if Kimba's going to give me um, what I need from him. And same thing, I'm not expecting a lot from Marcus Smart. It's other than defense. Yep. And that's like the most consistent thing in basketball. Is and and Jalen Brown's been pretty that. consistent, too. Jalen Brown's been pretty consistent. Um, I, I, that's where my question kind of lies. To I don't know if he's going to. I don't have high expectations for Jalen Brown. I don't. I don't think that I'm expecting Jalen Brown to be my like 20 point per game guy against Miami. Gotcha. He's going Jay. Jimmy's going to have Jason. Yep. So you're throwing Jay on the uh, probably going throwing Jay Crowder on the Jalen and. I, I'm gonna have my heart with you, uh, with you, with you, Jalen Brown. <laughs> like I don't know if you're gonna be able to score, scoring on Jay, especially the way that you got to get your offense going through against Miami. That series, I can't really call. I actually do want to pull for Boston uh, going through in that series, but that's gonna be tough, bro. That's gonna be a tough, tough one. You I think it's going seven. Like, it's too close to call. Like I yeah. feel like anybody, anytime you call like a whoever in seven is like, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I, 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 I really don't know because it's so close. Because these team, the, there's so many factors. It's like can yeah. Tatum, can Tatum be that guy? Like you said, that superstar. Uh, step up from I'm, I'm a okay, I'm an all star level guy to no, I'm breaking through as a team leader kind of guy. Yep, I that, know Kimba's going to be that perfect support guy, but I think Kimba has kind of peaked, and what his peak is is a perfect support guy for a finals-level team. Yep, he is the perfect Robin, and he he is yes. totally okay with that role, and he thrives in it because he can get you sit between, like, 15 to 20 points, get you that mm-hmm. solid 7 to 10 assists, and he's going to control tempo. It's up to Jason to be like, all right. But can Jason do it on Jimmy? Yeah, you're gonna be sending multiple guys at you. You're gonna be seeing Bam when you drive. You're gonna be seeing Jay go help off and dare Jalen to shoot. When and then you might get Iggy at some point. You're gonna get Iggy going through. Like, can you do it against that squad? If you get to the finals, 
I still think LA, uh, the, the Clippers, Clippers bust that ass. Same. <laughs> it's, it's, see, the thing is, Miami is like the, Miami is kind of like the, okay, so you know how there's the Pokemon evolutions? Miami's like the Char, uh, the Charmeleon, and like fucking LA Clippers is like the Charizard, because like you got yeah. Jimmy Crowder and uh, Iggy. But then you elevate to Paul George, Kawhi, and Pat Ben. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, all right, y'all got y'all crazy defense right here, and then you just got this, like, all-time defense on the other side. Yep. My question to you is, do you think L.A. with LeBron, the Lakers, have a shot at beating the Clippers? I think any team, any LeBron team, has a shot at beating any team in history. (laughs) Like, you have LeBron, you have what many consider to be the second greatest player of all time. You can go up against them near any squad, barring, especially having some help. You know, barring that you have a little bit of help, you have LeBron, you can beat anybody, especially with Paul George being walking some nights. Exactly. If everything's on Kawhi, Kawhi can't solo LeBron and AD. Yeah. So what does LeBron need to have to happen for him to uh, beat the Clippers in that series? Well, LeBron's LeBron's been looking younger and better. Like, he looks better every year. There's nothing that that LeBron himself has to do, in my opinion. It's what Anthony Davis has to do. And in my opinion, out of all of the role players, Danny Green has to, like, actually Mm. clip. Danny Green can't be a zero because if Danny Green's not making his shots, he's... He's not the defender he used to be. And if he's not hitting his threes, there's no point. And then Kuz, that's more pressure on Kuzma or Caruso. And they're just overall, like, Kuzma has some talent, but everyone else is overall less talented guys. Danny Green is kind of, before that drop-off happens in the roster, it's Danny Green. Yeah. You have Kuzma, who's okay. But then after that, it's Danny Green, and it drops off to, oh, we got a big KCP. We got a KCP. We got a big Rondo to come out and hit. I don't know how you hit all those threes in the the other night, but (laughs) we got a big Rondo to come out. Like Danny Green is right before that drop off point. So you need him to to actually be effective, or else you just have too too much dead weight. Yeah. No, 100%. So it's all about the role players. LeBron himself, obviously, he looks like a monster. Yeah, he, LeBron has just been killing it, man. I, I've been giving him his props. It's going to come down to our former guy, Anthony Davis, to see how how well he does in the rest do to get LeBron over that hump. Hey, Trez, uh, that's a physical dude. <laughs> and, and as you know, being a Pelicans fan, Anthony has some of his worst games like against Montrez. And he don't like that physical stuff. He don't like being touched. Yep, that is a <laughs> fact. My treasure's going to touch you up. He's yep. going to too hard a lot. It's going to be a lot of AD falling down, being on the ground for a couple minutes. Uh, <laughs> and then everybody's going to be gasping and like, oh, holding their breath. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so happy yeah, we don't have to we, deal with that. That's that thing. It was every night on the floor. Oh, is he all right? Is it like this, that? Oh, my gosh. Nah, my treasure's going to try to have him on the floor for 30 seconds a night. Him and uh, in the Morris twin. Yeah, right. The other Morris, you have the other Morris going out. The super dirty Morris. The other one's kind of clean. This one, ooh, this one is wild. I thought him and Paul Millsaps was going to go to blows the other night. There's a lot of uh, of Pelicans media that when we do our hypotheticals, we're looking like, man, thinking about what would 
What would Mark? I get them both confused. I don't know. Markeith or Marcus is on. Markeith. Markeith is on the Clippers. Marcus is on the Lakers. We were thinking about what can we do to get Markeith. Like, what if we can grab Marquise? I'm not a fan of him personally, just because I think he's a bit too much of an ass. Yeah. But the Pelicans kind of do need a, a tough guy, a bad boy, somebody to kind of hold you accountable and, like, not take any shit. We do. I can say shit here, right? Yo, yeah, you know. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> hey, whatever you want, brother. We good. And speaking of All that, right. let's, let's jump to the Pelicans. I'm going to ask you just a couple Pelicans questions on things that are expected to happen or things that are going to happen this season and, and what you expect uh, some of the outcomes to be. First, I got to start off with the question that everybody wants to know. Who, in your opinion, should come in and replace Alvin Gentry as the Pelicans head coach? You know, my dream, my dream tandem uh, is what's having Ty Lue and Fizdale as an assistant. Those are my top two candidates. I would love, love, I don't think Ty Lue is happening. Yeah. Um, I've never seen an offseason where there are this many options for coaches to pick from, aspiring head coaches or returning head coaches to choose from. Oh, I want to, can I go to Sacramento? Can I go to New Orleans? Can I go here? Can I go there? Can I go there? It's usually it's kind of funneled. And when yeah. one domino falls, like the Brooklyn spot, that's probably the most appealing. When that domino falls, usually all of them fall in line. But there's so many other options that domino effect's not going to happen until like three or four other teams get their coaches. Yeah. But my personal favorite is Ty Lue and Fizdale or Fizdale as a head coach. But I think fans will go nuts. And seeing what Mrs. Benson said about the winning culture and all that seems kind of contradictory for another below 500 record coach. But as you know me on Twitter, the record doesn't tell anything, uh, in my opinion, because it doesn't tell you. People don't look at the roster when they see the records or what roles guys have when they see the record. But I love Fizdale, especially for development. Yeah. And I think Fizdale would bring a, a toughness and a leadership to get these guys going. He won't be friend. He won't be friend. He'll be, he'll get under their ass. That, yeah. That's, and that's what I, well, that's the exact slip from Alvin that, okay, if you're moving from Alvin, I think that keeping the system, having it rolling with Finch, taking control of the system, having the defense go with Bizzelli. Like, we, the, that's the main thing with Alvin. When I'm telling guys that your, your main job is to be a manager, he's over here handing the offense. He's, you know what offense I need, Finch. Boom. That's you. Uh, Bizzelli, you are an offensive, I mean, excuse me, a defensive legend going through for what you did with Houston. Boom, that's your defense. I'm going to manage their egos and their mindsets. Dentry's way too much of a nice guy yeah. going through or give guys too much lead way at times. So I'm like, Fizdale? And imagine if it was Lou and Fizdale. That's the yeah. top guys that's not taking anything from anybody. Yep, You're not no. getting any kind of lead way. How do you feel about this? I'm going to give you some names, and I, I want to get your thoughts on some of them, assuming that Fizdale doesn't happen, because I really like Fizdale, too. He's in my top five coaches. I'm going to give you some of the other names in my top five, no particular order. How do you feel about the name Kenny Atkinson? Kenny Atkinson, I think, is probably the most popular <laughs> popular name, and that's why I think a lot of fans really, really love it. Because I mean, and he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong at all. I'm saying that he, he's. I think he's a fine and adequate uh, adequate coach. But I 
I think the reason why so many fans love him is just because he's really popular and coming from a Brooklyn team that's going to have a ton of success in the next, like, two years. Yeah. should have a ton of success. But I... I don't know enough about what he would bring as a manager for me to just be behind the rah-rah Kenny Atkinson train. And my view on coaches is mainly that you have about five or six elite coaches. Then you have a ton of neutrals, a ton of neutrals. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to swing game. Let's do that other. And you got – then you have to – you have uh, Joe Boylan over here. <laughs> As I'm, I'm the worst coach that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. So, so my initial my thoughts would be like Kenny Agassin. I think he'd be fine, you know, but you want to, they want to think about, you know, the price point, what's going to take to bring him in. I think he's going to be one of the more expensive coaches because he's so popular. Yeah. And, yeah, he's going to get a ton of interviews from all of the teams that are going around. Again, that open market just makes things a lot tougher. So I think you can get more bang from your buck with, like, a Fizzell. Uh, I hope the next name you're bringing up isn't going to be Jeff Van Gundy. No. Mark Jackson. Jesus. <laughs> no, not at all. But th- a lot of, well, what about Mark Jackson? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I am never bringing up Mark Jackson. Next, I'm going to go with a former player route, Jerry Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. Ties to Brandon Ingram. I that's what I do like. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I followed a little bit uh, of his. I believe it was the Raptors four or whatever their G League uh, team is. Yeah, the, the team name is the four or five or whatever that area code is going through. I actually do like Stackhouse uh, a lot as an attempt to get him in. I think I don't know what kind of route that a lot of player coaches have to take. It's so random. Like, Steve Nash just pops out of the blue and gets a head coaching job. Same thing. Meanwhile, I think Phillips is going to get one this year, too. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see how... To, it's so hard to call. Yeah. And it's so hard to predict success of, okay, he's never been a coach and this guy's just jumping in. It's so random. So, Stackhouse, I like because he has head coaching experience in the G League and he's been developed. Like your his whole job has just been development, development, development. And obviously, that's where the Pelicans are right now. We have so many young guys. Development has to be your number one option. I don't want to hear anything about we have to make the playoffs. We have to this. You got no. You got Frank, who's still in the development stage. That they're still going to be with the team. You know, I'm assuming that the roster is going to be the same. I don't know the moves that they're going to be make, but. Currently, we have Noth, we have Frank, we have Jax, we have Zion, we have B.I., we have Lonzo. All these guys are in the development stage. And you yeah. only got so many resources to put in. You don't have six of uh, Fred Vincents to say, oh, we got to help Lonzo, Zion, and B.I. with their shot, and Noth with their shot. You only have one Fred Vincent, and he only has so much time and so many hours that he's clocking in. So how are you going to you know, allocate his time to all these guys? You can't. So having a coach that 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 specializes in development, I think, would help a lot. But the other side of that is, I just think we got too many young guys on the roster, and that's a whole different story. That is that is true, and we will get to a question about that. The next coach I'm going to mention is we're going to go to the. I'm going to mention two assistant coaches. So we got Ime Udoka from Philadelphia and Darwin Darwin Ham from uh, Milwaukee. Now, Darvin Ham is really, really good in my opinion, but you've already heard how high I am on Milwaukee. So anybody tied with that Milwaukee team, I'm kind of like, 
my ears perk up a little bit. Like I'm listening. A lot of assistance for my coaching uh, searches, I really need to go in depth of how you are as a manager, and I can't really judge it from the from outside assistance. looking in. Yeah, especially from assistance, it's a lot tougher. Uh, from head coaches, it's a lot easier to go and you know find some networking and some plugs to say, okay, we this that 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 that. For assistance, I just haven't really looked into it that much because the ex knows a lot of a lot of fans are like, oh, we we got to get the guy who can drop this play that play, dude. Every single coach and assistant coach and half of even the uh, the developmental coaches can draw X and O's and run these plays non like pick the right place for these situations. It's about managing these guys and getting buy into the system that you're going through. And yeah. that's where I got to see. I don't know how handles, but as anything, everyone in Milwaukee bought into what they're doing. Yep. Everybody in Milwaukee. So that that perks me up. Like, okay, they're doing something right over there. I want to know what you did. To if I'm interviewing and I don't know much about, what did you do to contribute to everybody buying in this way? And how can you get out and our guys to buy in that same kind of way? 100%. Next up, I want to get to some of the extensions. Uh, first, Brandon Ingram. Should we sign him to this max deal or should we extend him? I don't even know if it's a kind of deal with Brandon. I think you kind of back into a corner of having to. Yep. <laughs> I think you have like there's a lot of contracts where, hey, you don't really want to give out the max, but we can't afford to lose you. Like losing you hurts us a lot more than overpaying for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that okay, you earned this max and you know, he started a lot of development to go before us. I consider him a, a max player as far as saying like you you've completed your game. You've max you know, like you've completed your game. Here's the max amount of money I can give you because you're already at that stage that I yeah. want you at. He's far from that, but it hurts you a lot more uh losing him, him than it does, you know, short selling. Okay, and the next guy I got Lonzo Ball. What do you think about him? Oh, look, you're trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> no, no, I just got to ask. <laughs> oh, man. So I was talking to my guy, Bud, uh, Bud Lane, uh, a really good YouTuber going through when he, uh, we met up at a basketball game here in, uh, well, there in New Orleans. And we were watching Zoe, and it was at, like, peak Zoe height. And I was still like, I don't know if I buy into Zoe as that point guard for the future. Not as a, an NBA global point guard, not as even a Pelican, but being that I'm running the show point guard for the Pelicans, just because how far he still has in his game to go. And I, I've heard some things about his ego. Like he has a huge, huge ego, I think, as far as what he views himself as. And I don't, I've never really bought into him as that guy for being a point guard of the future. So I'm hesitant on it. Yeah. You hesitant on extending. I'm trying to be nicer with my words regarding Lonzo. <laughs> no, 100%. I get it. Look, the people, the people can understand where you're going with that one. Next, I'm, yeah. I'm going to take the pressure off you. Next guy. Drew Holiday, what should we do with him? Should we trade him? Assets are he's he's at the height of his uh what we can get for him. I'm sure he wants to play on a playoff team. Four of these teams right now could use him. You keep an ear open. You keep he is the guy like if he was on we were just talking about Miami. 
Yeah. Go through that. That defense is it's over. Defense is the number one defense. We just saw Houston get knocked out and James Harden saying, Well, we're one piece away. Throw him there while Westbrook's doing all his <laughs> losing his mind. Let him take Westbrook's assignment. Let Westbrook kind of be able to focus a little more. Yep. Throw him in Milwaukee. It's, yeah. Milwaukee's probably not a, like he's that guy to put some teams over the hump. He's so many teams that are on the edge over the hump. So I think you keep an ear open because that kind of value doesn't last long. Like he's not going to be a guy that can put teams over the hump in three years, four years. You got to do you it know, now while the iron's hot. His, his game is very lateral and very speed based on defense. You know, like, and obviously defense is Drew's main thing. You need to get it before age starts kicking in. And, oh, Drew's not as fast as he used to be. His hands aren't as good in the lane as he used to be. I think that you keep it there open. I wouldn't actively put him on the block. I wouldn't say, hey, we need to get rid of Drew. Give me all your offers. But I keep an ear open if a team calls me, if a uh, Denver calls me and says, hey, we can get you Murray, this, this, and this. Okay, I listen. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not portraying him and trying to throw him away. I'm listening if Miami's talking hero, none, Robbins, like, yeah. like. There's a lot of, that's the thing. The teams that need them to go, it's not like uh, a team that needs a foundation. Like, um, Phoenix isn't going to look at Drew because they yeah. need foundations. It's all champion, uh, high playoff level teams, the championship level teams that need you. So they actually have assets that you can get. They actually have players that you want. Yep. There's not really much stuff that you want from the teams that need uh, a new foundation. Like outside of Booker and um, uh, well, Booker, Aiden, and I'm, uh, I would even take Javon Carter going through. There's not much like that you want from those teams, but oh, Miami calls, oh, Denver calls, oh, Toronto calls. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet's going to be uh, in free agency. He's going to get a big payday soon, but. But I get what you're saying. No, any of those teams yeah. call Indiana, Miami, Toronto, yeah, there's, Denver. There's some assets. You're not dealing with the low-level teams here. Yep. And to me, I would. I don't even want to count the Nets because I feel like Karis Levert. Like there's there's better people to get besides Karis Levert. Like I think Denver. Yeah, I would um, rank it Miami one, uh, Denver two, Indiana, Toronto three, and then I'll listen and, to the and Nets. Then, I don't see if the Nets are going to be throwing and picks and stuff. I'm like, y'all are going to be good for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good for a while. I don't know about these late first round picks that are. And when you're outside of the lottery, in my opinion, you might as well have a, a late first or a second round pick. Yep, because it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, if it's not a lottery, I can really get the guys that I'm looking for. The pick is the pick. It's a pick. Like the pick is what it is. Whether it's going to be late first round or second uh, or early second round, it's all the same to me. After that, outside of the lottery, one hundred percent. What would you, in your opinion, like to see from Zion next season? What would you like to see him work on this defense. summer? <laughs> <laughs> Some level of effort on defense. Zion is. I, I lose my mind every time I see Zion. Dude, they like, oh my God, he, he has a second jump like I've never seen before. He jumps out of this world. He has a post game uh, at 6'8", like, like he's Shaq. But oh my God, his perimeter defense is so lazy. I have it's not atrocious. seen defense this lazy since Boogie. And I think that, uh, I think that Zion might be 
a lot lazier than Boogie when it comes to defense. He just doesn't move his feet. It's so infuriating for me to watch. He doesn't move his feet. He doesn't jump. He, he just he just he doesn't use any of his athleticism to his birth. Like you're six eight, but there's a lot of undersized guys. Even let's say. I'm not going to go through with a, a crazy great defender, but let's say Derrick Jones Jr., who's also about 6'8". Yeah. He's a really, and again, you're Miami guy. He's a really, really good shot blocker, in my opinion. And it's not because he's the tallest guy. or because he's effort. It's because he's effort and he knows how to use that athleticism and knows when to jump. Zion doesn't really jump on defense. Zion doesn't really, like, Use any of those gifts he have on he has on defense, and his lateral speed sucks. Like it's really, really bad. So defense and also defensive rebounding. Yeah, he definitely got to work on rebound. It's it's hard to critique his rebounding because his offensive rebounding is so amazing, especially on his own shots. So a lot of people assume that okay, his rebound is fine. His defensive rebounding, it's it's nowhere near what its potential should be. He doesn't block out and he doesn't seek out rebounds the way that you'd like him to for a guy that you know that can do it. And you see that the two things that I want are the things that coaches all say are effort-based. Yeah. Defensive rebounding. It's all about one. So I think it's possible, like it's definitely possible for him to like fix those things, it's all, but it's all about do you want to put in the effort to fix them? In the work, yeah, one hundred percent. What would you like to see from Brandon Ingram this off season? Because those are that's our big two going for a couple of years. I think um, Brandon Ingram's biggest weakness is his handle. Uh, I'd also like to see him add a second move specialization. Yeah, Not even a move because scoring you're fine. I think he that's going to be something he can do regardless. It's going to come and go. I want something that you can add more consistently. Let's take Kevin Durant for an example. Two years ago, uh, back in OKC, Kevin Durant, best scorer in the league, but that's pretty much what he was for you, a pretty good, okay defender, best scorer in the league. When he went to Golden State, amazing shot blocker. Yeah. I think the best shot blocker in the league. He was great. Yeah, so adding that second and more consistent skill set, whether it's for Brandon Ingram being uh, a better rebounder or being a better shot blocker, or being able to work on your hands and timing and jumping legs. Something else that you can control other than scoring that's more consistent. But as far as scoring, I want a tighter handle. Sending two people at Brandon Ingram is an easy way to force a turnover because his handle is so wide that he can't can't dribble through traffic. Yep. His arms are so long and it's so wide, and he has this AI-style crossover without the AI-style control. (laughs) So it's all the way out here, and you got two guys, it's gone every time. So just work on that handle and a second more consistent skill. Specialization, 100%. Okay, so what what should fans go in with the expectations of next season for for this Pelicans team. And, and of course, we don't know the coach. We don't know what they're going to add and take away. But just at this point, what should they expect going into next season? The the coach and what they add and what they take away isn't going to affect what they should expect at all. Because the coach is so, it's not minute, but it's not going to change the trajectory of where the team's goals should be. You want to have a coach that aligns with the goals that you have right now. Not a guy that's going to come in and say, oh, you're working on development? Well, I want a title team right now. 
who up and you're not our coach. We need to develop. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even for this year, I was like, why are we focusing on playoffs? It's a failure. We'll make the eight seed. Next year is the same stuff that you should have been focused on this year. Development, 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 development. Looking at what the heck is Nog looking like he should be and if you want to keep him going through or if you want to spend the resources to develop him. How would you actually get Jax to be a more consistent NBA center? Because Jax is still so raw because I did actually he's still a college player. Like, dude just made what, 2021? 20, and he just started playing basketball his senior year of high school. Yeah, like he was a football player, man. He was a whole yeah. tight end out here. <laughs> like he, basketball is still super raw to him putting in those resources and figuring out, okay, we don't need these resources for this player because we don't see him part of our future. Let's move more, more of the resources into, into uh, Jax or into Zoe or into BI. So figuring out, have your goals be development and figuring out who's here for the future and who you can move and how you can finish your foundation. Because having youth, having a lot of youth and potential is dumb as hell to me. A lot of people want, oh, I want this person because she has potential. Potential, potential, potential. Potential don't mean shit unless you she actually turn it into something. It. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about the potential? And nobody can realize the potential here if you have ten guys on your roster here that are potential guys. Yeah. Yeah. Who all need the resources? You don't have enough resources to go. You don't have enough coaching time or enough minutes to give all of these guys. So that potential doesn't mean anything. Instead, have four guys, have five guys on the whole team who you can focus on and put all the resources for, and that raises the chances that they can reach their potential. One hundred percent, man. Thank you so much, Drew, for coming on talking Pelicans with us. I gotta ask you because I know you're an anime guy. What's some of your favorite anime, man? Let's see. So, my favorite anime is One Piece. I also mm. really like uh, Attack on Titan, Sengeki no Kyojin. Are you and caught up on One Piece? I'm assuming so. I'm not caught up all the way on One Piece because okay. man, I, I started from number one. I'm on like 670 something. <laughs> okay, well I'm not gonna say nothing. Bet, bet. One Piece is amazing though. Bro, when I go to the convenience and to the scene stores and see all the mangas, I got to turn my hair from the covers. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm seeing all these pictures of Lucy not even looking like himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all my kids, all my students, uh, love Kimetsu no Yaiba. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, Demon, Demon Slayer. Slayer. Yeah. yeah. I'm an I'm a MHA I'm a guy when it comes to, to Demon Slayer. Yeah. I, I like Demon Slayer. I caught up. I, I finished it because it's over now. The ending, man, like, it starts off so hard, and then it just, it, it doesn't find the landing. I, let me tell you what, I didn't know what Demon Slayer was until, like, uh, a few weeks ago. I've heard the name, but all my kids here, obviously, they just speak Japanese, so they're just like, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Kimetsu no Yaiba. And I'm like, I've never watched this. I'm thinking it's about to be some, like, Palm Palm and or Pokemon type of, like, the kids that watch it are, like, super fans for it. I'm like, my three-year-old. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, this is, I'm like, all right, this is very Sesame Street. I turn it on, and the first thing is like, all right, bro, I'm about to decapitate your sister. <laughs> yeah. like, like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but here, even even Attack on Titan is like the kid's show. <laughs> Crazy. And Attack on Titan is wild. I'm so ready yeah. for that new season. 
Because I'm like, I'm walking around like, okay, my, my little girls had like the, the Aaron t-shirt and books. I'm like, all oh, right, this is a kid's show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow, I'm at home, but I'm a kid watching fucking Teletubbies. <laughs> yeah, like our kids shows are completely different. That's yeah. crazy. So we got Attack on Titan, One Piece, Hunter, Hunter. That's a solid three. That's a yeah, solid three. That's, that's probably my top ones. I got a bunch of recommendations from people, but I can't think of them right now. Give me some of yours going through. I, of course, I love the classics like Dragon Ball and Samurai Shampoo, Cowboy Bebop and stuff. But one of my, those are the ones I'm watching right now. Some recommendations I got. I'm going to go off the wall. So Monster. I recommend that to everybody now. Monster, No Powers is just a psychological thriller of this doctor gets falsely accused of murder and he has to clear his name. That's all it is. It's I like that because I like Death Note. That sounds a little bit like this route Death Note took of just like all psychological stuff. I mean, it yep. has a little bit of power in the notebook, but it's a lot of like detective That's exactly. Stuff. Yeah. That's exactly what that is. I got another one. Black Lagoon. It's in the vein mm-hmm. of Trigon and Cowboy Bebop. It's these three. Yeah. There's a black guy, a Chinese girl, a white an American dude, and a Japanese mm-hmm. guy. And they're basically like this delivery company, but they work from the mafia. So they're kind of like these bounty hunter, do it all, fix it type guys. And that one's super, super good. Black Lagoon. And I'll give you a show. Hey, Trigon was my shit. Trigon was my stuff when I was young, man. Yo, Trigon <laughs> is my jam. Like, I love, 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 love Trigon. And the final suggestion I'm going to give is it's not a shonen, it's a Sanine Vinland saga. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's just some Vikings. It is this kid that grows up. His dad dies. I this on YouTube. All right, I seen a clip of this on YouTube randomly in my suggestion, and I ended up watching like 15 minutes of this crazy fight. So far, I couldn't. I never remember what the name was. That's what it is. Vinland. Vinland Saga. It's on Amazon Prime. All right, cool. I got Prime too. Amazon Prime here is just like two bucks a month. But look, Amazon Prime has some fire anime. Definitely check out Vinland Saga. But thank you so much, Drew, for coming on the podcast. Tell the people they can find you at. Tell them where they can find you at on social media. Yeah, it's Drew Productions, D-R-U-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S. That's my handle on all of of my uh, social medias. You'll find me the same little picture (laughs) you'll see everywhere. Hell yeah, y'all! Y'all go follow Drew, man. He gives some of the some amazing basketball commentary during the games and not during the games, as well as some good movie, anime, comics, all that good stuff. So y'all make sure y'all go follow him. But let's finish up, bros. Who ball? Want to send a big thank you to Drew for coming on the podcast. Really, really appreciated it. Can't wait till I go out to Japan, my brother, and you are living the life out there. Super dope. You stay safe and everything. Funny enough, your Clippers didn't make it. So <laughs> yeah, interesting like that. So let, let's start right there. There's multiple places I want to take this. First, we got to talk about the game. But then we got to talk about, is this the worst meltdown that we've seen in terms of being up 3-1 in the playoffs and losing? Of course, there's two. Then I want to talk about, can what can the Clippers do to make themselves better? Like, should they trade certain people? Then I want to talk about is di- about Denver and give Denver the props and then lead to talking about Los Angeles versus Denver. So there's multiple facets we need to take this. So I'm going to start off with you, Justin. What the hell happened last night to the Clippers, bro? Like, I wanted to say the F word, but I'm, I'm going to hold off my cursing until necessary. What happened last night? Jamal Murray happened, Nico happened, the Nuggets happened, 
Yeah. You're giving more props to the to the Nuggets than you are to the Clippers just being ass. I'm giving them props, but the <laughs> they were also terrible. Paul yeah. George didn't show up. Kawhi didn't show up. And, you know, I know everyone has a bad game, but that was just the wrong night to have a bad game. It was game seven. Money, it was on the line. <laughs> to face the Lakers, they've been hyped all season. It was their time. Yeah, their it was. Time, and it just slipped out the hand. Look. I, the ball. I, I can't, I'm not going to, and I know a lot of people are like, ha Kawhi, don't ever mention him with Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan again, don't do this, Kawhi this, Kawhi choked, all of this. I'm not blaming this on Kawhi, man, I'm not. And, and I understand Kawhi should have played better. 14 points is unacceptable. But for a man that was putting up 30 points every game against Dallas, majority of the games against this, while his partner could not help him one time, it's on Paul George, because if Paul George would have assisted Kawhi earlier than this, he wouldn't have had to exert all of that energy against Doncic in Dallas, which they shouldn't have had a problem with, and against this early on. Like, Paul George, pandemic P, uh, uh, catastrophe P, uh, uh, what, what was the other one I, I saw? Uh, Freaking, uh, just horrible P. <laughs> uh, they had pandemic. They had what's another p word that's just bad? Give 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 me some Schubert. Give me some p words that are just like that are just terrible. I want to say p u s s y p, but I'm I'll just spell yeah. it. <laughs> Pussy p. Shit, he deserves it. He deserves it. How can you go make ten points, shoot four for sixteen from the field, shoot two of eleven? He shot twenty five percent from the field in. 18 fucking percent from three. He had the backboard. He had five turnovers. He was negative 20. He, he, he had two assists. So not only was he not scoring, he wasn't facilitating. He was telling people go to other side. They had someone literally in the game that was like, no, don't do it on my, don't do the action on my side. This was the first time I saw the supposed tough guy team just look scared. They didn't want to. They didn't want nothing to do with the Nuggets. I can understand if they lost by five, if they lost by seven, even if they lost by ten. They lost by twenty points, and I don't care if people say fifteen. They lost by twenty. They got bro. They got twenty skunked in a playoff game in the fourth in the beginning of the fourth quarter. My mind was blown last night. It was just it was just outrageous. Lou Will, six man, Lou, seven points. Nigga, you can't score seven points if you go into the strip club before the bubble. I'm sorry. You can't. Montrez, six man of the year, 20 points. He did his job. Uh, Jermichael Green, 11 points. How can Jermichael Green get more points than you, Paul George? Atrocious. How can built by Bama. How can Pat Beverly get more points than you, Paul George? Atrocious. And again, I'm not blaming this on Kawhi. I'm not. I'm not going to say Kawhi choked. Kawhi had a bad game. And granted, it was the wrong time to have a bad game. Oh, he had a bad game, man. He did. Seven, you guys show up. I agree, Justin. I agree. Show up in game seven. I agree, but to sit, I'm not letting him off the hook. I'm not, but I'm not putting him on the level of how we judge a Giannis, how we judge a James Harden, how we judge a Paul George. Why Why not? not? Because he won. He's done it before. He's no. done it in the closing moment. No, man. Uh-uh. I'm not letting y'all act like all of Ka- all, everything Kawhi has done. So 
Kawhi hasn't shown up in the clutch and hit game winners, get game winning steals, game winning blocks. Like he's done it. He's done it every other time. But I, but look, I don't disagree with you. But this is his team. I agree. It was his team in Toronto. They won. And that, and that, but that's my point. He did that. He was the reason why they won. And look, this is 1,000%. Kawhi has to be held accountable. But to put him on the same level as Paul George, James Harden, and Giannis, I'm not doing that. I'm not. That's well, he's higher than them. I'm just saying, right. he, he had a bad game. Look, we, LeBron, look, LeBron did this against Dallas in, in the, in the and finals. On it. And he called him out on it. I did, and I'm calling him out. I'm saying, Kawhi, you played a bad game. I'm just not holding it against him. That's all. I'm oh, saying I, you had. Oh, you can one thousand, but the person I'm holding, the person I'm holding accountable for this is one thousand percent Paul George. One one million percent Paul George. It's his fault they even got into this place in the first place. Schubert, what's your thoughts on all this? Well, I mean, it's just it's difficult because you know you go back to Game Six and then Paul George put up thirty three. <laughs> And the people who weren't playing well were the people who were playing well on Game Seven, Green and Harrell, and and Lou Williams only had fourteen. So I mean, it's like they should have they should have won that game before. But like, I think what's difficult here is can I give Kawhi stats real quick for the for the for the conference finals, just real quick? He had yeah. twenty five in that game that you just said. The mm-hmm. game and game before that in Game Five, he had he had hold on, where's his where's his number at? He had thirty six. Game before that, game four, he had, hold on, I got to give all the Kawhi. He had 30 while Paul George had 10. He had 30. Uh, uh, game three, let's see what he had. I'm pretty sure he had 30 again. He had 23. Well, uh, so the thing is, is, you know. This was his worst they game. They should have won all those games. Yes. You, you had, it was three, they went, they were, it was 3-1. Yes. Why Why did it even come to this point is the whole thing. And then you go into game seven and the game that you actually do need to score the 30 points, you don't even do it. So game I'm, four. Not blaming, I'm not blaming it all on him because, you know, what, George was four for 16, two for 11. Yep. Williams three for 11 from the floor. Like, and then, nobody, and then game nobody four, can make a shot. Game four but with like, the closing think, game, Kawhi had dropped 30 plus and Lou Will had 12 and Paul George had 10 to close it out in game four. Like you well, said, this should have should have happened before this. Yeah, what, what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, later on right, when we talk about the East, you're going to talk about like deep rosters, and what's been happening throughout the playoffs is that the thing about the Clippers is, oh, they have the deepest roster in the West. Well, where was that deep roster? I mean, you know, if if when you have all of your players not making shots, then of course you're going to lose by 20 points. I think what what people need to give a little bit of credit for, and I guess we'll do that a little bit later, is that the Nuggets were a team that was what. Two, three in the West all year long, consistent. And when it came, and when it came to it, Jamal Murray was like, you know what, back back against the wall. I got to score forty points. I'm going to score forty points. Yeah, and, and you look know, back true. back against the wall, Jokic. Maybe I'm not going to be able to get it in the points column, but, but I'm going to get, get twenty two rebounds. And, that, and that's, and that's the thing. my like, thing. You know, Kawhi Leonard could have found other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George could have found other ways. That's what I'm saying. That's like, where I'm leaning. Paul you know, neither neither one of them, uh, you know, got it done when their back was against the wall. Also, I know this is an excuse, but it's true. The Clippers didn't play together as long as one one would expect. We saw this happen with Miami when they couldn't win the finals their first year with uh with the big three. The this so team, I'm I'm just saying I'm, this is the truth. This is the, this is the truth. The full team together 
only played, I don't think they played 40 games. I don't think they played a to, like a, a total of 40 games together. I think they might have played like 20 something. And I think due to the Nuggets consistency of having this team for multiple years know each other, it, it, it played a factor. Their their depth played a factor because they know exactly who they can go to. They go, the, the Nuggets go one, two, three, four. They go eight deep. But that eight is the eight they've been playing with for multiple years. When you have people in the bubble where you have Lou Will missing the first two weeks because of Magic City, when you got Patrick Beverly on and off, when you got Marcus Morris getting kicked out of games, and, and it's just it's, it's issues. Also, as much as I'm blaming Paul George, I'm blaming Doc Rivers. <laughs> sure. I mean, like, that was where I was getting to, about to get to anyway. Like, the person I blame the most out of the Clippers' downfall is Doc Rivers. And we'll get to that, but like, you know, let's do it now. Might as well. Sure. I mean, you know, how can you go, what, three straight games lose and not make the, any adjustments, no adjustments. To, to win that game? And, and then the only adjustment you want to make is double teaming Jokic at the end of the game, which, which was horrible because when you double team Jokic and have somebody locked on Jamal Murray, it's just three on two, baby. And Jokic is tall enough to just dump it into the open man. Justin, you know that. If you double team and Jokic at the free throw line and you got Jamal Murray out at the three, there's three other people and two defenders to guard the three people. And Jokic is tall enough to just go uh or uh and find the open man. No adjustments, no looking at doing zones, no looking at, at boxing ones, no looking at no. That's why Nick Nurse, uh, Eric Spolstra, and Brad Stevens are the best coaches in the NBA, bar none, because they make adjustments in game out of game and they're willing to try a multitude of things to win. Whereas Doc Rivers stuck to his guns and it failed him. It failed him. And he might lose his job. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's like, I think it's, it's on everyone. It's definitely on uh, Doc Rivers also, but I wouldn't say he's the main reason because at the end of the day, players, the players are the people who are playing. So I still I knew you was gonna say I that. Put, I know I, I have to go there because I've been there. I'm not saying I've been there in a game. But so how do you how do you feel if your coach doesn't give you like I, I agree that players have to play, but if we if we are strategizing all week in practice, you know how big that is, and then you have the scout team and you, and your coach doesn't put in any adjustments and you're left and you're left out there blind. Honestly, I, I feel like uh I really feel like he he really trusted his 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 players to really just go man. I really feel like I really feel like he felt like Paul George and Kawhi were, were going to eventually lock up. Really, they didn't. But and, and they didn't. But I really feel like he thought just going man to man, they were going to be good enough to do that. And and I, and, and that's arrogance. Yeah, you got to be able to adjust. It's, it's, it's looking like that, and you see the other teams, you know, switching it up, playing different type of coverages. This so, is a new NBA. It's not the NBA where Doc Rivers played basketball where it's just man-to-man. This NBA, because of threes, there you can play zone. You can do all these different things that, that are fundamentally basketball defenses, but the NBA for so many years was just like, oh, we're just playing straight up man-to-man. But now because offenses are, and players are so good at scoring, you have to bring in some of these concepts, and he, and he refused to. But... Like I said, I'm putting most of the blame on Doc Rivers and Paul George. Justin is going across the board, and Schubert is placing most of his blame on, on Doc Rivers as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that upset me the most probably on the Clippers' end was, like, at the end of the game where you're hearing the reports of Paul George is like, oh, well, you know, this wasn't a winner-go-home winner year for us. I'm like, what are you talking about, guy? 
Like this was like the year to win. That's the, why. That's you know, why I don't blame it on Kawhi as much. Because Kawhi, I you saw in Kawhi's eyes when they were sitting on a bench and Paul George is just staring off in La La Land, and and Kawhi hits him with a. Hey, but you acting like a why? Like he's off the hook. I don't know how you guys can take him. Like he's not off the hook. Jamal Murray had four forty. That's George true. A triple double. So That's why, true. why couldn't he have a, a thirty point game? He could. He just. Why he, he, game seven? He should have. He should have. He one thousand percent should have. I'm just saying, after putting up, not after putting up 30, 30, 30, 25, 25, 30 for. All those games leading up with, while Paul George can slack off, while Paul George can just throw his hands up and not do nothing. The guy you call to have help and you don't have help. My guy was due for a bad game. He was. It just happened at the wrong moment for him. That's why I'm saying 1,000%. Kawhi is at fault. You're the leader of the team. You're supposed to come through no matter what. But as someone who's played basketball and someone who knows he was due for a bad one. He was. And that's where your teammate got to pick you up. should have been there. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or I'm the most upset is like what I was saying. And Lou Will. Lou Will should have picked him up too. Lou Will was unplayable. Lou Will, Lou Will couldn't play no defense that game. Lou Will was getting scored on by everybody. Yeah, that, is that uh, where you was going to go, Schubert, with, uh, blaming Lou Will no, too? I'm, I mean, I, it's just a mentality thing for me. It just seems like. They didn't have any sort of killer instinct when it came to the playoffs, and like with Paul George saying what he said, it just makes me like question like what their whole mindset was. That's why I'm like a dying on the coaching. You know, you got Doc Rivers, Tyron Lue, and Sam Cassell, who are all supposed to be you know quality coaches top, yeah, on the top bench, coaches. and you can't get you know Paul George in the right mindset to think that this is like a win or go home kind of situation. Like, yep. I mean, the dude needs to go out there. I mean, this is like something that could have changed the entire lives of the Clippers fan base. Like, this yep. was like a giant, huge season that they just let slip through their fingers. Like, yep. and they just don't, ca- and he just and, doesn't and, care. And it's not like, guaranteed. It's not guaranteed that they'll be back in that position. For him to say that after a game, not even five minutes after the game ended, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And and that's why, like, this win I say is the worst win I've ever witnessed. Ooh, good transition, like, Justin. Because of what could have been, yeah. You know what, I mean? what, what where it was going, the hype, the you're now you're now the team of LA. You have Inglewood. You got your own stadium. Y'all are the kings of LA. Y'all no longer pay rent at Staples. Because I saw I saw shout out to Josiah Johnson. Him and his crew was like, that's why you fuckers pay rent. I want my rent at the first of the month every month because y'all are just the JV team. And it's true. It's true. It's true. They could have broke that mold. I want to ask y'all, we talked about this earlier in the pod. Me, Justin, and uh, Doom. I mean, me, Brooklyn, and Doom. I don't know why I always do that. Me, Brooklyn, and Doom, we talked about this. And Brooklyn argued the opposite way than me. We asked which, and that's why I said great transition by Justin. Which 3-1 loss is worse? And I, we can't talk about the stuff in the past because we didn't see it. We're talking about in our lifetime. Between the Warriors' 3-1 loss that they, after the 73-win season, or this Clippers' 3-1 loss. And Brooklyn said the Warriors. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my piece, and then I want to hear y'all. I think it is this team because the Warriors played LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. That's an amazing group. LeBron James is arguably the best player ever. Also, I believe that the Warriors would not have lost if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended, if Steph Curry wasn't injured, and Andrew Bogut wasn't injured. Those are three key factors where the Clippers were fully healthy, and they're playing against Jamal Murray and Jokic. No disrespect to them. 
but that's not LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. This is 100% the worst meltdown I've seen in the playoffs. Justin, how you feel about that? I definitely think <laughs> I think uh, this one was also because the they were up 3-1 first off, and the games that they lost, they were up 16, they were up 19. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. I forgot and, about that. And the star players, they go out in a game seven, the way that they change the whole franchise, the whole mindset of the franchise, the hype going throughout the entire season, and just everything goes left. Nothing goes right. Everything yeah. I totally forgot that they were up in up by 16, up by 19. Weren't they like leading in this game? Weren't they leading in this one too? Yeah. The first by like half, nine think. or 10? Couldn't maintain a lead. Schubert, which one do you think is worse? Well, I think that the uh, that this one is worse. You know, going to the Warriors one, I mean, they had already won before. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were trying to, like, make this monumental this playoff for the This victory. was just for like, the perfect for, season. That's all it was. I mean, this was even for L.A. Like, this is, you know, they were getting an, an opportunity to play the Lakers to own know, the city. claim some stake in the city. Like, at this point, I was telling my friend, I was like, they might as well just move out. <laughs> like, they might as well just relocate because, like, you know, especially if you're going to give the Lakers a chance to win a title, which nobody thought that they were ever going to like something, you know, there were the LeBron people out there that thought that LeBron was going to get it done. But this is the first time all season long that I've thought LeBron probably might win a title well, now. Because this is the first time I thought it I mean, was. you know, the, the, you know, it's one thing to be the Clippers and lose. And, you know, sure you have good things going for you in the future. But to lose and then give the Lakers the opportunity to win the championship, and the Lakers are the ones who end up winning the ring, then you know, then it becomes the worst because you know you were never a winner before. You're still not a winner, and who knows if you're going to be a winner in the future? Yep. So who knows this? Ha- this happens again. You're moving into a new stadium in Inglewood, and there's not much you can do to your roster. My question to y'all is: Do we tr- do they trade Paul George, or should they trade Paul George? I was, oh, okay. I guess I'll go first, but uh, yeah, go I ahead. Think- I wouldn't trade him. I would just get more. Like, but I see, I don't know if they have the cap space too. I don't know if like who like I don't know who they can add because you got to think they already have two max players. They would have to get someone to come in at, at a lesser salary. I don't know if they can get someone to do that. You know what I mean? It's like if if I offer uh, now I don't think Houston will do it, but if I'm offering Paul George for James Harden, that's something I do. If I could offer, would you offer Paul George for Ben Simmons? or Joel Embiid, I think that that's something I would do. Either one. Because at least Ben Simmons plays defense <laughs> and can create. That is, that is true. That's that's true. And that's, Joel Embiid, you have a big man that could guard the Jokic's and AD's. But the only thing, and, the only thing is what team... I'm not trying to downplay. I'm not trying to play Paul George. You know, I think he... he what team I, wants him? That's the question. Option. I think he could be a good third option. I don't think he's that second option. Yeah, and I agree. The team wants him. That's the thing. You know, if I'm the, if I'm the Sixers, I don't accept it. You know, me personally. If I'm any team, I don't accept it. Like, you really can't get anything for him because if you try to trade him, you don't want to get a bunch of role players because he's more than that. But then you can't get a max player because he's not worth that. So you kind of stuck in between. You're stuck in a shitty situation. That's why they had to win this year. That and because they, they traded all their draft capital away. I honestly believe, and I know people might shit on me for this, and, and granted, the truth is they couldn't keep this because Kawhi wouldn't have came. Kawhi asked for Paul George, so you got to live in that bed you made. But 
I think if they have Shea Gilgis, Danilo Gallinari with Kawhi and everything they have, they might have won. Might have been a better team. Well, you know, my thing, thought process with that, and I've seen a lot of people be like, man, don't you wish you would have had that trade back, like with what you're saying. But my thought process right now is that OKC is in a position where they could win this trade. Yeah. Because, I mean, who knows what happens to the Clippers in the next two two years and what Paul George is going to be able to do for them. One Kawhi injury and it's over with. (laughs) But but OKC, on the other hand, like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, man, and then some of the draft capital that they have, they could find – a really solid young team and put that together. Like that's one thing that the Clippers are missing the most is youth, you know, uh, looking into the, some like the stats of the last game, one of their younger players, two of their younger players, Zubac and Landry Shamit, you put their minutes together and it doesn't even hold, hold a finger to the minutes of the other players. It and Landry Shamit got injured. He, he hurt his ankle. Yeah. And he was actually producing before yeah. he got hurt. So he like, you know, that's the thing. You, you have so much old guys out there that you're depending on. So how much, how much longer can you depend on that? And if, you know, when the Warriors come back, it's just like, can you that's beat the a, Warriors? That's the thing. Like next year, I don't even know if the Clippers are the second best team in the league because Golden State is going to do something with that second pick in, in Andrew Wiggins. They're going to get somebody back. <laughs> they will get either... Uh, De- uh, 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 Devin Booker, or Donovan Mitchell, or Drew Holiday. They getting somebody. Well, even if they don't and they get end up taking the pick, like they have an opportunity to get like Anthony Edwards, who could be a solid player in a role for them, or James Wiseman, a big man that they could really use to combat some of the other big men in the West, like Jokic and AD. Yep. So, uh, you know, the Warriors are in the best position right now, and the Clippers are in this limbo position where it's like, oh, we're a little bit too old to blow everything up and try it for something new because, like, we are in a mentality right now that if we don't have time to just rebuild. Like, that we have should to do be this the mentality. Now. But, it, like, and, you know, so you can't really do anything with Paul George. And then, it's, then Denver, which we haven't talked about yet, next year, if Michael Porter Jr. develops in Bull Bull, Watch out, because the Clippers aren't even third. They're fourth at that point. Yeah. I mean, the, the, Nugget, the Nuggets made a statement. Yeah, they're making yeah, they Let's been. talk about that. Let's switch to the Nuggets. I, I think Jamal Murray has finally shown for years on this podcast, I have said the Nuggets won't be real until they solidify who's that second option. And now, uh-huh, Jokic is the second option, baby. Jokic is the playmaker. Jamal Murray is the guy. 1,000% has taken the Kobe role and let Jokic take the Shaq role, but more so not dominant like Shaq. I'm just saying the big man like Shaq. But Jokic is a facilitator, can get 20-plus rebounds and make sure you still get 15 to 20 points, and Jamal Murray's going to come out and put 20-plus. And that's, and that's beautiful, especially if you can get uh, performances like you did from Gary Harris, giving you 14, Jeremy Grant giving you 14, and if Michael Porter Jr. can get his head together, he's a 15-plus walking bucket. And then don't let Bo Bowl develop. I mean, my goodness, Denver is looking good for a while. Justin, what do you see for De- about Denver? You could talk about it in this series, which you saw from them, and then let's transition into uh, Los Angeles versus Denver. Yeah, the best thing about, about this team is that, first off, they're young, they're athletic, they're talented and they play defense. Like they do all of the small things and they know how to shoot. Everybody, everybody can shoot, can shoot on that team. And I just think going going up against the Lakers, that series, it kind of favors them because they're such a great shooting team. I think they're a better shooting team than the Lakers. 
and you got Jamal Murray and Jokic, who are, you know, also very good players. But I still think, uh, even though that they're the better team, I still think that LA has the two best players. That's true. And that they're going to dominate that series. And I, I think that they win in six games. Ooh, you got them winning in six. All right, bet. Um, look, I'm about to, I'm trying to pull up because I think they have one of their Denver's assistant coaches is uh Wes Unsell Jr. If I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong. Um, because he people are saying he should be a candidate for uh, you know, people looking at him because he made Denver's defense. Yes, one uh Wes Unsell Jr., lead assistant coach. We gotta watch out for him. He's a name that you gotta throw in the coaching carousel because he made Denver's defense what it is. Uh, Dem- like Justin said, Denver's a defensive team. You have a guard in Murray who can get you 20-plus points. You got Jokic who can guard an AD who can battle with him. You got uh, Paul Millsaps, who's a veteran, gives you that quality buckets when you can. You got three and D guards that they can throw at LeBron. Granted, they won't sl- stop LeBron, but you have got bodies you can throw at him from Millsaps to uh, Torrey Craig to uh, Bates Diop to uh, Jeremy Grant. You got a list of them, but they do have the two best players. It comes down to the question of similar thing in the uh, Eastern Conference, depth versus versus uh, talent. And not saying Denver's not talented. I, oh man, I don't want to bet against them because I don't think the Lakers have the guards to guard a Jamal Murray and a Gary Harris. The question is, is LeBron and AD dominant enough to overcome the Nuggets full team. I'm not sure yet. Schubert, I'm gonna get your take before I give my, my picks. Well, I think Jamal Murray would have to score 40 or 50 points a game for them to have any shot of winning that series. You know, and I don't think that, I just don't think they have the supporting cast offensively to be able to compete with the Lakers. Cause LeBron's going to get his AD has the ability to do it, but you know, hopefully he does get his for, for the Lakers sake um, with the Nuggets. You know, I think that, when we look at like the Clippers and we're talking about they need a piece, but they don't have the capital, it's the opposite for the Nuggets. They need one more, but I think they do have the capital, and they also have the young talent to develop. So, you know, they're a team that may this may not be their year, but at least, you know, this was a big looking up sort of deal for them and yeah. for a lot of people to get some, get some respect in the league so that, you know, maybe a free agent or someone who's you know, talking about the trade discussion, we consider, hey, you know, I kind of want to play with Jamal Murray and, and you know, Drew Holiday you know, is a, pl- a person that would fit on that team very well. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good call. But I mean, <laughs> it would be a great pickup. But, you know, when it comes to the series, I could see the series going longer than the yeah, I gotta, previous series for the Lakers. I got it uh, going. I think this is going to be the Lakers' toughest matchup this so far in the playoffs. Oh, for sure. It might be their toughest matchup. Yeah, I guess in the Western side because no, I, mean, yeah, I think those two East teams are both pretty good right now. I, I agree but, with that. But yeah, I mean, with the Nuggets, it's just very hard for me to think that they're going to contend with LeBron when you know you look at the bench and nobody can put up to, you know over ten points, and Michael Porter Jr. is just not there yet. He's not. He's he, he's hit or miss. But the thing is. The Lakers need Danny Green to show up, who has not shown up in these playoffs. Rondo, let, let, let's be honest. Playoff Rondo is not about to give you 20 points this whole series. That's not happening. The Lakers need someone to step up like a Kyle Kuzma, a Danny Green, or Contavious Caldwell Pope, which we have not seen happen yet. I'm picking the Nuggets in seven. I'm picking the Nuggets in seven. I'm doing it. I'm going down with the ship. The Lakers aren't winning the championship. The Jamal Murray has convinced me. I'm going. Nuggets in seven. Man, I like it. 
Um, I, I really do I'm like going it. with it. I'm rock. I'm, 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 I will not pick the Lakers to give Lakers fans who watch this podcast the satisfaction that Lyndon had to come over to the dark side. I refuse. And if I'm wrong, pull up the clip. Pull up the clip if I'm wrong. Do it. <laughs> God damn it. Mm, my thought process this morning was LeBron is getting his his ring sized. <laughs> like I was, I mean, I can't be I just, mad at that. I can't. <laughs> you know, he he just he's gonna eat. <laughs> yeah, he will. He definitely will. <laughs> just like playoff LeBron. I've just seen him do so much incredible things. Just has yeah. a one minute show, and I just think you know he's past that time of the of choking up games. And honestly, like every series that the that, that the Nuggets won, they've been down three one. They they've never like you know held the. But that know. shows they have tenacity. I'll give that shows they don't quit. Also, LeBron won't fold. But you see, twenty three. Uh, uh what, what's his number right now? Six twenty. What, what the fuck his number is? Twenty three. What's AD number? That tall that that tall unibrow person over there. He might fold like origami. But the thing about AD, he's a generational talent. Like AD, he can, get, he can get twenty and ten without even not even trying. Like, but if I he gets twenty, it's gonna be like Kawhi and Paul George. LeBron gonna have to put up thirty. The issue with the teams that Nuggets had to face on their on their route to uh, to where they are now is that the teams folded in the fourth quarter, and LeBron's not gonna fold in the fourth quarter. And also, the teams they had to face had the, had the perfect people to guard Jamal Murray, which made it difficult for him to have to get off his game. Work. Whereas this team, I have faith in Jamal Murray versus Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Rondo, and, and Danny Green. I just do. He's going to put up 20-plus on them every night, and, and, and unless LeBron guards him. And then if LeBron guards him, then you're gonna uh use you're gonna kind of use up LeBron's tank. Not saying that you'll he'll fold or anything. I'm just saying you're gonna force him to use more gas on defense when which when he definitely needs to use it more on offense because there's no playmaker on that team. I'm just giving the other mm-hmm. side. I'm giving the Denver side. Mm-hmm. I got I got to rock with y'all Nuggets. Let's let's move to the East because in in my opinion I feel like that's where we're gonna see a champion. Oh yeah, I think the champions coming out of the East as well. So let's let, let's get to it. Game one, uh, Miami, my squad, baby. One seventeen to one fourteen. Bam Adebayo with the clutch block on Jason Tatum. We see Jimmy Butler get twenty points, shooting seven for fourteen. Bam Adebayo got eight. 18 points. Uh, Jay Crowder with a solid 22 points. What and Jay, a big three in near the end. What has Jay Crowder been drinking, smoking? What is Jay Crowder doing over there? The bubble has been beautiful for him. Goran Dragic, 29 points leading the way. And Tyler Hero off the bench with a solid 12 points. But a very, oh, and 11 rebounds. And a very, very important three-pointer to get, the, to get Miami the lead. Tyler Hero is not afraid of anything. Whereas we see the Boston Celtics, uh, J- Jalen Brown put up 17 points. He's going to have to do more than that. Marcus Smart put up 26. Uh, Jason Tatum put up 30. Kimball Walker put up 19. And Brad Wanamaker off the bench with 11. If it's not those four guys, Brown, Smart, Tatum, or Kimba, they're not getting points from nobody. They're not. They're no. just not. And I think it needs to be opposite where Jalen Brown gets 26 and Marcus Smart gets 17. Because Marcus Smart can't shoot nine for can't shoot eighteen shots. He should not shoot eighteen shots, taking shots away from Brown, Kimba, and Tatum. I think that's the reason why the Celtics lost. Because Marcus Smart took too many shots. Jalen Brown needs to be more aggressive. And 
if those four and T- Kimba has to get over 19, it can't be Tatum and Smart are the top scorers. It has to be Tatum and Kimba or Tatum and Jalen Brown. Therefore, Marcus Smart is focusing more on defense. I just don't think he, he, has, he can't be the high point man. But got to give credit to Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, and the way they play hard, and Tyler Hero not being afraid. Luka Doncic is the best white person in the league, the best white boy in the league. But you see Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero has the most, conf- the most swaggy, confidence, just bad MFer white boy on the court. Like, I would, I would go to battle with Tyler Hero any day of the week. Any day of the week, because that's a bad boy. Luka, uh, uh, I don't know oh, no, Luka, Luka's better. I'm not, denying, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Tyler Hero's a bad boy. That's all I'm saying. American. American, yeah, 1,000%. I really think. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, Gorn is out there, and I feel like he's pretty aggressive out there on defense, too. So, Gorn's battling. When I look at that game last night, I think what, you know, really uh, you need to focus on is the fourth quarter. 35 23 was the fourth quarter heat advantage. The heat came together in the fourth, and they tied the game and put it into overtime. And when it came down to overtime, it was back and forth. And the bigger plays were just made by the Heat. A big three by Crowder, a big three by Hero when they needed him. And that yep. block by Bam Adebayo was just the biggest play possibly of the whole bubble. Bam Adebayo had eight points in the fourth. Gorn had nine. Tyler had six. And Jimmy had five where you compare it to the Celtics. Jalen Brown had five. Marcus Smart had three. Tatum had five. And Kimba had six. Tatum can't have five points in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. He can't. He can't do that. He has to, be, he has to have more. He's the star of that team. You got to hold him uh, like like we was talking about Kawhi. We got to hold Tatum accountable. He got to have more than f- more than five points in the fourth quarter. And that and that's where I really think that's where the game it was lost. I really think throughout the entire game, both teams played well. Kim Walker, he I mean like it wasn't he he wasn't dominant, but he made some shots. But he still needs to be better. But I I, I just think like towards the end, the game came down. You know who was close, and I just think Tatum. He he, he didn't close the game. It was for him to take. He had a game winning shot uh, in the in the uh, fourth quarter. The overtime, they kept going to him. He couldn't make it. He, he couldn't close it. Yeah, overtime. He only had two points. Like you can't have seven points in overtime in, in with overtime and fourth fourth quarter combined. That's that's the shit I give AD to where he can score one through three. But when it gets to the fourth, he can't. Great point, Josh. Yeah, Tatum got to do better than that. Yeah, him and Kimba. Kimba made a couple of a couple of clutch shots, but I think them going one on one is not going to work. Jay Crowder lock up, but Jimmy Butler lock, lock up, up yeah. Hero, lock up. Like you're not like going one on one. Iguodala locking up. It's just too tough. Like when you see him trying to go one on one, it's just too like they, they, like they're just too solid on defense. So they just have to find a different way of how to close the game better. And um, also for the game, they had a total of. 12 turnovers Miami compared to Boston's oh Boston won the turnover battle I thought Boston lost it Boston had 10 turnovers that's another reason why Boston should have won Miami gave them more opportunities crazy I'm just looking at this nuts yeah I mean I don't know if we'd be saying all these things about Tatum if he would have made that dunk over at bio at the end I mean you know the Celtics had every opportunity to win it it's just and that seems like it's been the case for the Heat in a lot of their series is that when it comes to the moments that need to be made, they're the ones who make them. (laughs) So, like, you know, and maybe that does have to do a little bit with Spolstra and the positions that he puts his players in. You know, I think that Spolstra has really kind of shown us that it wasn't just LeBron 
that oh, for people, sure. you know, it, it, it's a situation where, you know, I, last week I was making fun of coaches like Steve Nash and Tyron Lue, who, you know, well, I don't know about Steve Nash yet, but at least Tyron Lue deferring to LeBron and whatever decisions he make. But now I'm starting to think that maybe Spolster had a lot to do with that, that or learned a lot from his time with big three. He definitely and it's really coming really coming to fruition here. For I mean, when Dwayne, when Dwayne Wade says that Spolster is one of the main reasons why they win, I mean, you got to chalk it up to that. Like, in Fisdale, like, it's just about Spolster knows how when it's time to focus on X's and O's or when it's time to motivate. Spolster is a good mixture of both motivation and scheme, where some are more scheme-based, some are more motivational-based, like Doc Rivers, where Spolster can combine both of them, and he's a damn good coach. But like Justin says, players play. And like you just said, Miami seems to, every time it's in the clutch moments, they have guys who aren't afraid of the moment. They're just not. For whether it's Hero, whether it's Butler, whether it's Goran Dragic, whether it's Bam Adebayo, those dudes are not scared in the fourth quarter where we've seen other teams fold in that fourth quarter. And that's and why I, I think, think Miami's it, making the finals. Well, I think it has a lot to do with how they came into the bubble. We look at the Clippers. They had all the expectations put on them. You look at the Lakers. LeBron is pretty much the expectation. He's got to get to a final. Yeah. He's got to win. The Boston, they were one of the better the best teams team in the East. East. And, you know, Jason Tatum was trying to make a, a name for himself as a star. Whereas and the then Heat's the underdog. Bucks, who, they had, who the Heat had to play, they had all the expectations placed on them. The Heat are just out there to play. Yep. So, you know, every game, the Heat are going to be the underdog from now until the end of the finals. And that's where they want to live. Yeah, I got, I got Miami in seven. I'm going to give Boston. I think Boston will make it a tough series. I got Miami in seven. Justin, what you got? I got Celtics in seven. I just Ooh, going Tatum. Boston. Uh, I trust Tatum and Kimball more than I trust uh, anybody on the, on the Heat team. Uh, no, I'm not mad at that because I think, I think more so whereas I think this series is a toss-up, whereas I'm picking Denver – but like, if LeBron wins, I'm not surprised. I'm I I, I expect LeBron to win. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I just want to see Denver do their thing. Whereas with this, I'm I don't care which team wins because I love it both and it's good basketball on either side. And I think eat both teams. I think no matter what, will give the Lakers a challenge and could actually win the finals. It's just that I know you guys know knows this. It's just that things on the East. Through the Raptors, the Celtics, the to uh, to the to the Heat. It's just that everything. It just looks like everyone is just on the same page. Hey, yes, they play. They they're they a team. They play together. Yeah, it, 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 but that goes breakdowns. It's just everyone's moving. It, it, it looks like a college game almost. That goes back to coaching, coaching and youth. It's coaching, man. It's literally. As great as LeBron and AD are, if they make it to the finals, Eric Spolstra and Brad Stevens are going to have a plan for them. Whereas I don't know if Frank Vogel, <laughs> I don't know if Frank Vogel's going to have a plan. He's just going to say, go out and play. <laughs> like, if we're being honest. And like, there's guys on both ends, Bam Adebayo and Iguodalo, they will send bodies at AD. They will, like, I know the Celtics don't have the bodies, but Dice, Cantor, and, and Williams will be sent at him. It's just... Or they may trap or, like, do, like, a trap or do or something. something, like, yeah. The boxing one, a, 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 a extended 2-3, a 3-2, where they trap, like, they're going to try it. They're going to try a 1-3-1. One, they're going to try it all. Whereas the West, the West is just like, oh, we got stars. Let's just go play. And, like, that, that doesn't work. That does not work right now. And I'm, 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 I'm buying into good coaching. And that makes me really 
excited and scared for the Pelicans because I think if we get the right coach, that team could be special. But uh, Schubert, which uh, who you got winning in the uh, Boston Heat matchup? I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna. Well, I guess I'm just hoping it's the Heat in seven. You know, it's like you said, it's a complete toss up. Yeah, it but is. But at this really point, is. with the Clippers being out, I feel like a Heat Lakers finals is going to be our best opportunity to see some a really great finals and you know make up for you know what you know, not having a normal NBA playoffs. Uh, but I think that the Miami's just been the team of the bubble in the playoffs, and um, and they are going to try and close it out here and and prove that it's not a fluke. Uh, you know, it's all going it's all going to come down to the young guys, and it was the it had to be the Celtics once, and now it's going to have to be the Heat. The Heat, yeah. The, these young guys are proving what it is the the right mixture of young guys, veterans, and great coaching. Uh. What do you what do y'all think about Mike D'Antoni getting fired? The Rockets need a new coach. Uh, Schubert, do you see Mike? D- I do you want Mike D'Antoni for the Pelicans? Wait, wait, didn't he uh, resign or did they? Oh, fire? he he might have resigned. Oh, they, I'm pretty sure. I thought, he, I thought he got fired. From what it sounded like, from the people that you know, from I guess people talking in Twitter, it sounded like it was fired. But I didn't really look into the whole the whole Hold information on, I, on that. Oh, Mike D'Antoni stepped down. Justin's right. He stepped down. Okay. I And I yeah. see a lot of people saying they want Mike D'Antoni and Zion. And I don't want that. I don't think that's the right He's move too for old, this team. Man. He's too old. They need a young, they need a young coach like a Spolstra, like a Brad Stevens, like a, uh, like a Nick Nurse to grow with that team and to give that team an identity. And, and, to me, Mike D'Antoni's too stuck in his ways. I want a coach that's not stuck in his ways. I want a coach that's willing to experiment with zones. I want a coach that's willing to experiment with all these different styles of defensive play. I don't want someone that's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to just run. We're just going to run. Like, I don't want that, bro. I Like, we've seen that. That does not work. Honestly, I would like to see. I know I, I would say Mark Jackson, which I'm very, very serious about Mark Jackson. But honestly, make me villain. I think. Thank uh, you. Think, you find you finally given us a good coach take. You finally given yeah. us a good coach take. I love that take. I fucking love that take, Justin. Uh, <laughs> Clap, because uh, that's a good take. Nate uh, McMillan's a great coach. I, I I like how that Indiana team play defense. They play hard, and with that type of talent. It could be he has some talent with that with his uh, coaching now, so I think that could be a nice mixture. Nate McMillan had the the downside of having all of his stars injured. It wasn't that Nate McMillan was wasn't willing to try things because Nate McMillan was definitely to me he's on. I think Nate McMillan is right there with Stevens, Nurse, and and Spolster. I think in the East he was right under them, and I think that's a coach that it would be amazing for the Pelicans. He's a leader, he's a motivator, and he has great schemes. Bravo, Justin. I, Nate McMillan might be my first choice now. I love that. I love it. I love it. Okay. Way better than Mark. Jack- Jesus Christ, <laughs> Schubert. How, how? What are you? What are you thinking right now, Mike D'Antoni, coach? Well, uh- well, Mike D'Antoni, I mean, as someone who's dealt with Mike D'Antoni in you know, <laughs> numerous amounts of places, I'm not the biggest Mike D'Antoni guy. I know, um, I know. <laughs> I think he's he's just about phased out at this point where there's a lot of younger coaches and, you know, I guess 
in some ways, we're just going to give any Hall of Famer a coaching job now. So I'd rather you know, Chauncey Billups than than, uh, than Mike D'Antoni. If I'm being honest, but like my my question is, what are the be- the best openings at the moment? You know, we've seen the Nets get taken taken away. What do we have the Pacers still open, right? Yeah, and Pacers, the Bulls. Philly, Chicago, New Orleans, New Orleans, and now Houston. And Houston, to me, the best now, option the, to me, and I know people are going to say this is biased, but. It's the Pelicans. It really is. Let me explain why. You have a generational, a potential generational talent with Zion Williamson. You have an all-star potential talent, superstar talent. Most improved player. Most improved player with Brandon Ingram. You have a diamond in the rough with Lonzo Ball. If you can tap into him the right way, you can make him. Or or, Yeah, or draft capital. You can make him into an all-star or draft capital. You have draft capital from the Lakers and multitude of teams until 2025, 2026 that can get you trades and get you assets. Plus, you have an owner that is willing to spend as much money as possible to get a winner in New Orleans. And you have a GM and, and a GM staff that can find the right talent with you and is not willing to, is not, uh, bootstrapped by a cheap owner where we see in some other small markets and you have the best training staff in the NBA. I think the Pelicans job is the best job because if you're a coach, you can mold that team exactly how you want with no egos yet. No, uh, no type of preconceived notions where if you go to Houston, you got to do what James Harden wants or you go to Philly, you got to do what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons want with this team. It's your, you can set the standard for what you want. That's my pitch well, that, for New Orleans. That was really more where I was going with is, you know, I believe that the Pelicans are a good spot. I believe the Pacers are a good spot. And I even believe that you can make the Bulls a good spot. But for me, if I was a coach, I would not want to go to Houston. Fuck. I, I just, I don't see, like, when, when no I saw Mike D'Antoni being gone, I'm like, well, what are you going to do? Because, I mean, what, the best name out there, in my opinion, is Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan is not going to go back with Westbrook. Yeah, you know, I don't think he's going to go to the Pelicans either. I think I don't more think likely he would probably go to the Philadelphia. Or I don't want Billy else. Donovan here in either. So, like, if I'm being honest, like. I mean, that's fine. And I, I don't really think he'd be a good fit in New Orleans. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, but who would want to go to Houston? And why? And uh, what do you do with, if you're the Houston Rockets? Because you've already kind of messed yourself up with this. You know, maybe a little bit of D'Antoni helped them figure out this that they want to do this whole small ball thing. Well, now you're now you're handcuffed. So it's the same kind of thing with like the Clippers. It's like okay, you didn't it didn't work this season. You can't really do anything. Yeah. And even if they got rid of Doc Rivers, what are they going to do? Yeah. So I think Ty Lue might go to Houston. That might be something that intrigues Ty Lue. Like maybe I can unlock James Harden some more and figure it out. But I, I agree with you. I wouldn't want to go to Houston. I would rank Jobs as. Pelicans one, I'd say Pacers two, I'd say Philly three. I'd say Philly three because you at least get one star. Yeah, and then I'd say Bulls four, Houston five. And I'm putting the Bulls over them just because you can make that team whatever you want. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. Justin, how you feel about the coaching carousel? Yeah, I think uh, I think that the that the Houston Rockets, I think it would be a good pick for, like, uh, you know, a coach that's already accomplished. You know, yeah. That's one championship, like a Ty Lue. That's and how I feel the same way. And I, I just think for any team, like the any of those teams that have the, those superstars with the 76 years, the Rockets, they need a coach that's already accomplished, that's already been through it. That the, the, that the stars are listened to. Yeah, exactly, because those each team has a big ego. 
And as far as um, as far as the Pacers, that, that that's a great job. I think that's a good young team, and I think uh, I think that's a good young. I, I, I think that's a good young team, and also you have the Bulls. They have Zach there, but as far as like best job, I still think that the Pelicans are up there just because how much talent they have, how much upside. Yep. But they, they have so many coaches out out there just about finding the right fit, really. That's really yeah. how have we talked about Becky Hint Becky and the pod? No, we have not. We haven't talked about I don't about I don't know much about her to even to, to say much, but I know she's been under Popovich for forever. And for Popovich to to bring her on and to keep her on and to not give her like a a title because she's a woman. She actually has a real coaching job inside of the Spurs. She has to be a great coach. I think well, so. I, think I actually it is a good one. I'm not even playing. Like I really think Becky Hammond would be a good option. For the Pels? So. Yeah, I think she I think she'd be a good option for the Pels and the Pacers. I think those are the two the if I'm her and I get offered a job, I would only go to one of those two if I'm leaving the Spurs. Yeah, someone's solid. Not I'm not going if I'm her. I pray, to, I pray to God she does not go to the Rockets, and I pray to God she does not go to Philly. Yeah, because she won a summer league. Uh, she 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 won a championship with summer league. She's been around pop. She's a legend. So I think she could, uh, you know, uh, handle have, up, have, have a good franchise, run a good team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That that, but to me, Pacers, Pacers or Pelicans, that's the two places I would go if I was her. In the Pelicans, because they have Swin Cash and they have their female owners, they are led by strong women. She would fit into the culture very well. So yeah, it, you know, I just don't, I don't know how the young young players would respond to her. I just don't know how the how their relationships are with that. Because that's just, why I said Philly. That, I mean, not Philly. That's why I said Indiana because they're old enough and they're but they're they're old enough guys to where they'd be like, oh, we'll respect her, we'll respect her mind and everything in their their. Uh, Talented enough to where she would want to go coach over there. And also, yeah. like the, the uh, also like the players have been so supportive of, of the WNBA. So I, I think they would probably play harder for her just to show you know she could. Coach. Times are different. It's not like the early two thousands. Yeah, I, I think it would be a good fit just because of that, how things are going right now in the world. One thousand percent. Well, that's all the basketball stuff we got this week. Schubert, let's get to NFL week one. Uh, we'll talk about we're not going to talk every game. We'll just talk about some of the some of the uh, key games. So we got Tampa Bay versus the versus the Saints. Tom Brady, Schubert, what do you think about Tampa Bay and the Saints and Tom Brady fluking game one? <laughs> uh, I thought both teams looked I thought Tampa Bay looked bad and I thought the Saints looked average. You thought they looked I, I thought the Saints looked pretty damn good. I thought their defense looked good. Yeah, I, I thought okay. their offense looked bad. I agree with that. De- uh, so, the defense impressed me a lot. Yeah, the defense was really impressive. You know, Janoris Jenkins and Malcolm Jenkins are making a big impact. Uh, the secondary is the best it's been in years, and the yeah. front seven is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the Saints defense is nothing to shake your hand at. You know? got some guys. And But I still think that Tom Brady didn't produce. I mean, the two picks that he threw were on him. Terrible. Yeah, bad Um, throws. He just threw it to Janoris. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, a lot of, you know, I I guess Evans kind of made himself known, but Godwin did not make himself not make himself known. You know, I can't, maybe it's I can't even say say Evans made himself known. Like, you know, Evans only had one touchdown, and that was at the end of the game. 
I mean, I really think that with the Bucks, the jury's still out. We'll see what happens with this week because I thought the Panthers were actually really impressive. Yep, I agree. In their, in their game against the Raiders, and I think that Rule and Brady really have something going there. If you're a fantasy owner, I would suggest going after Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson, the receiver. I have. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think that that's going to be a huge game to watch when it comes to the Bucks because they, they could easily go 0-2 real quickly, and that would be a real mess for them. Also, um, another game I thought because I mean that's pretty much all about the Saints and Bucks. It really just Saints yeah, the, defense well, look what great. What I was gonna say offensively is that it seems like the only player that's worth if you're a fantasy owner to have on the Saints is Alvin Kamara because that's the only person that they're gonna throw passes to. Because <laughs> Michael Thomas is hurt and that's gonna affect. Maybe Sanders well, will get some. Maybe Sanders will get some touches, but I don't know if Drew Brees can stretch it down the well, field Drew to get Brees, it to him. Drew Brees threw one forty-yard pass in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and then, and then the only other forty-yard pass that I was thrown by Taysom Hill. <laughs> and that, so, I've been saying that's a problem. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna catch up to us in the playoffs. So I just don't know how how long that's gonna be sustainable. I hope Jameis Winston know, is Alvin ready. Mayor has proved <laughs> that he can't be a workhorse. He, he, you know, he can't. Yeah. You know, Murray's still really solid, and they have five running backs on the roster. I'm pretty sure. And the so, and the offensive you know, line is really good, so Murray can get can get some blocking. Is really good. That's the thing. Everything about the Saints is amazing except the quarterback. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like, and that's a problem. If if the Saints feel like, oh, you know, maybe we'll, if Drew Brees thinks that he's got another year, then the Saints got to be like, no, I'm sorry. No, we're done. It's It's over. He cannot throw the ball down the field. And I think come playoff time, they're going to have to let Jameis throw a couple deep passes (laughs) or something. They're going to have to let Taysom Hill do it. So we're going to have to get some deep passes thrown because we're not going to cut it. But, Solid win for the Saints. We'll keep tabs on it. Another game that I thought was really interesting. Arizona beat the beat the uh, NFC champions 24 to 20. And we see Kyler Murray just ball out, man. Looked Kyler, like Oklahoma. Looked like Heisman year. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It did. Like Kyler Murray had 20. He was 26 of 40 attempts. He had 230 yards uh, passing one touchdown, one interception. But the rushing, he had 91 rushing yards. But the thing is, unlike Lamar Jackson and Cam Newton, who would take the hits, Kyler Murray only had one hit on him running. He was sliding, baseball slides, whole game. Baseball, baseball slides, and he just puts on a gear and goes out of bounds. Yep. I mean, I, this Cardinals team looks good. The Cardinals team looks good. The other thing that you didn't mention was D-Hop. D-Hop's out there. He's giving him a target. It's not old Larry Fitzgerald. Yep. You know, that's exactly what they needed. You know, the run game really is not sustainable. I ended up trading Kenyon Drake off my fantasy team just because it doesn't matter who they have because they're not handing the ball off when you can get my if, if they're running, whatever. Yeah, if you're running, it's going to Kyler. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that I thought that was a really impressive game. There's a lot. I think what the most impressive thing about week one, and it may be because that you had a lack of a preseason, is that the teams that you didn't expect to be good ended up really showing up. You know, Jacksonville in particular, a team that everyone thought was tanking. Um, and at this point, I feel like their offense is one of the better ones. Because like, I was talking highly about the Colts last week, but and after Colts, what I've seen from the Colts, they laid an egg. And I didn't really think, didn't think the Titans played a very good game on they Monday night. They did not. So, none of, none of those the AFC South. on Thursday. Yeah, I was so. going to say, none of the AFC South teams besides Jacksonville played good. The Colts kind of pissed me off because I expected them to come out with a bang. Tennessee, I expected to come out with a bang. Even though they won, it was a hard-fought win. Also, another team that really pissed me off with just performance. Bro, what is up with Cleveland? Like, what Cleveland? the 
What the fuck? Don't worry is- about them. <laughs> no, don't, no, I'm not even saying that in negative. I'm saying oh. like they put. They play a team that's possibly going to go 16 and 0. Oh, okay. Like, that team is way too good for Cleveland. You know, they put they that so many offensive weapons for Baltimore, and their defense is top notch. Baltimore looks so good. Like, like Marquise you know, Brown and Andrews is an amazing tight end. My goodness, like yeah. Baltimore looks damn good. And if I'm if I'm Kansas City, I'm worried about my defense. <laughs> Sure. You know, that that's definitely a team. Yeah, it's a matchup that they're going to have to watch out for. It's coming up here down the stretch. Um, so you think Cleveland with, got a shot? In, in Cleveland's life. got a shot. I think, you know, the rumors that they want to trade OBJ, I think it's warranted. I think they should get rid of him. I think yeah. it, it's too much and it puts a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield. And I so think it's get, better for you know, all parties involved. So, yeah, get rid of him, send him somewhere. You know, there's a lot of teams that I think could really use him and, um, Someone and, in the and NFC see what you can East. get out of it. There's a team in the NFC East that could use them. After Which one? Losing, All of them. After losing Except to the, the Cowboys. After losing to the football team. <laughs> yeah, what, an, yeah, what an embarrassing loss. What an embarrassing loss. I think it has more to do with how – I think they, they, sh- they made a statement. Washington did. Yeah, they, they did. They did. And from what I'm hearing in the locker room where Revere had to go get an IV and Dwayne Haskins stepped up, made the speech, brought them back, he may be he he may work. He may out. be the guy. You was talking shit on out. him last week. You were. Well, I mean, I, that's what I said. Like last week is uh, you have to figure out what's going to happen, and they're playing a big game at this week against uh, the Cardinals in the afternoon Fox slot. So that's the game that I'm going to be keeping an eye on for sure. Uh, well, we're going to do our picks. Let's wait. Let's wait. We're going to give them our picks for sure. But uh, another team I was impressed with. Man, you pissed off that bad man in Green Bay, and he came to play. He showed y'all. He still got it. Yeah, the Vikings, what was really interesting about that game is that Kirk Cousins threw five total passes in the first half. When he came back out in the second half, there were two touchdowns. So, I don't know. But Maybe the, lead, the Vikings the, need to But the lead was already gone. That's my thing. Like, you, we can't give the Vikings credit because I got to give shout-out shout to Ryan Rusillo. They were already down 21, and that's when we see the Vikings make a step up. That, like, the game was already over, and the pressure was already gone. I can't give Kirk Cousins present, uh, credit until I see him actually win a game from the start. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is they never really gave him the opportunity from the start. They oh, depended okay. on the run. It didn't work out. Then they opened it up when they were down. And this then the is an opportunity where Kirk Cousins doesn't have any lights on him. Yeah. This is the perfect opportunity for to let him just do his thing. And I thought that he was, a, he was able to do that. Um, the NFC North is just uh, going to be a crazy battle right now. Um, it is because Mitch Trubisky came through. They ended up yeah, winning. Yeah, because Mitch Trubisky came through. And, it, and but he, he, did, he, he totally did. He's going to have to keep playing like that. Another team that impressed me, Josh Allen and the, and the Buffalo Bills, man. Josh Allen and the Buffalo. I don't know def- about that. Wait. Their defense is real. That's all I'm saying. The defense looked really they good. the Jets. Eh, true. But let me say what Josh Allen did offensively. Josh Allen threw two touchdowns. He was 33 of 40. 33 of 46. 312 yards, and he ran 40, twice. 57 yards. I, shoot, but that's going to happen. But I'm just saying, look at the completion totals and a, a com- against attempts. It's just on growth in Josh Allen. I'm just interested to see how the Bills do. Also, the New England Patriots and Cam Newton went one, but I think that's, right. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a weight on it because he, he didn't throw any passes. He didn't throw, like, he just ran two touchdowns, and I think that's going to be an issue. We got to see, because on third and longs, they weren't letting him throw. So it's going to be something we need to see. Also, one other game, Dallas Cowboys. Did they get hosed? Did the refs cheat them out that game? Well, With that pass interference? 
honestly, if anyone got cheated out of the game, it was Cincinnati. Mm. Cincinnati got cheated out of the game because they scored a touchdown and they called offensive pass interference on AJ Green. You know, and I, actually, you know, shout out to Joe Burrow looking good. Topic: Joe Burrow is probably going to be rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Joe Burrow's looking really good. He's a good, he's a great quarterback. Cincinnati has him something special. If they can build that defense, watch out. Joe Burrow, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, that's already a great offense. (laughs) You know, the, uh, you know, if we're talking games to watch this week, the game that's probably on today while you're listening to this pod is the Bengals-Browns. And that's a big game for uh, what we're saying, you know. Joe Burrow can really make a statement and get a big win here against the Browns. And, and Baker Mayfield, Mayfield needs to bounce back. <laughs> yeah. Needs to bounce back. You know, Joe Burrow can play every game without anything to lose. No, he's not going to lose his job. Nope. And we, no one's expecting him to win anyway. Yep. Browns have a lot of expectations. They got to go out and win. So that's a fact. starting the week with Thursday night, that's huge. Uh, I'm, let me give a game, then you give a game, then I'll give another one because that's a good game. Right. I got uh, Monday Night Football. The Las, Las Vegas Raiders versus the Saints. We saw the Las Vegas Raiders. Sunday. Uh, yes. Yeah, oh, no, I thought it was Monday night. Oh, it is Monday night. You're yeah, right. it's Monday night. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, we saw Las Vegas Raiders put up a good game against the uh, the Panthers. Uh, we saw Josh Jacobs ball out, a great run game. We need to see more from Derek Carr, though, however. Derek Carr, only, well, he was 22 to 30, uh, had 239 yards, but only one touchdown. Can Derek against Carr Panthers. get the can exactly against the Panthers, which says he should have probably did more. So can the Saints stop the Raiders run? Can Derek Carr do something? I think that's a good game. Schubert, give us another one. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go into the opening slot Sunday. The first, the game that you should be watching for in that early slot is, um, I would say probably. What do you think? There's a lot of game. There's a lot of teams that are up for redemption. And I think, you know, a lot of the games that you have teams that have already suffered a loss is going to be important. So I'm going to talk about a game that we haven't really mentioned yet is the the Colts Vikings game. Ooh, okay. Both teams have, are, you know, are suffering a loss. The Vikings pretty, pretty embarrassing loss and the Colts too. You know, which Colts one of more those so teams, embarrassing than the Vikings in my opinion. Yeah. Which one of those teams are going to bounce back? Are the Vikings going to give Kirk cousins a little more room to work? Are the Colts is Philip rivers going to step up and be the guy that you know he's got to be expected to be at the end of the game in in the the Jacksonville Jaguars game he had every opportunity to win that T.Y. Hilton had some bad drops yeah you know, oh my gosh the, the Colts pissed me off the, Col- the Colts have to really do something here and the Vikings are gonna have to play catch up so you know that's a pretty big game to watch out for when it, in terms of teams that are trying to make up for last Just week a highly intensive game uh, however I must say I've noticed just from last year and this year starting off, the 325 slots are always the most boring slots, but there's a big game in the 325 slot with the Ravens. Not this year. This past week was bad, man, at 325. The uh, the Ravens and Texans, uh, Texans needs to bounce back. Ravens, Lamar Jackson, can he he keep it going? Get the Deshaun uh, Lamar battle. I think that's good, but there's also some other good games I'll just throw out there, some some that I'm interested in. Uh, Broncos Steelers, Drew Locke, can he can he keep it going? Can he show up? The Broncos defense isn't that good. Can uh, Ben Roethlisberger keep it up? I'm trying to see. Oh, and that Rams and Rams Eagles. Rams Eagles is an important game. Can Carson Wentz bounce back? And are the Rams for real? You got another one that you want to shout out? Um, well, since there's you're some trash on, games this week. Since you're trashed on the afternoon, I'll just I, neither one of these games are the ones that I want to pick. But you know that those afternoon games this week are Washington and. and Arizona, and which I, I think, think I is watch interesting that game. to watch. Yeah. And then the Chiefs I, I like and the Chargers. 
you know, which could be a blowout, but I also think the Ravens could be a blowout. So, uh, but you know, the Sunday night game is pretty important. Seahawks Patriots, the Seahawks played a really, they let uh, Russell Wilson finally Atlanta. This is his MVP year. If they keep letting him throw like he is, I, you know, I think that the Patriots are pretenders. So this is going to be an opportunity where the Seahawks are just going to put the whipping on him and just, oh, you know, and that's something, the pay, what that's the people, what people don't understand week. about the Patriots is that they just don't have anyone on the team. Like they, yeah. all they did was play Miami last week and Miami is not they're anyone tanking, that anyone yeah. expects. I, mean, I wouldn't say they're tanking. I just say that they're just a few years out and it's not due to their coach. It's just due to the la- lack of players and not having the plan yet. Two is still waiting in the wings. Yep. You know, Miami is going to be a force to be reckoned with later. Pretty soon, because but- Brian Flores is building a culture. It's not the coach. Flores is a great coach. So no, yeah, I, I'm, I have a lot of faith in the Dolphins, but it's just not ready yet. Where the Patriots, a lot of people want to give them too much credit way too early. We got to wait. Uh, the Seahawks are going to humble them next week. Well, next week we will bring back the segment for football. Are they real or are they fake? To talk about some of these teams in Week Three, we're going to do it. And we're going to see if Schubert's team, the Patriots, are a pretender. Uh, real quick, let's just give a fantasy update from the Bros Who Think League just to let you guys know how people are doing. I want to call out some people and throw some shots. So let me call, let me bring out uh, the Bros Who Think Fantasy League. Justin didn't play because he don't think he's good at football. Told his ass he should have played. But I digress. Let's get to the standings. Right now, Brooklyn beat Schubert last week. Uh, let me get the score. Hold on. I mean, but I, I think I scored Schu- like 130 or something. I got to give Schubert his props. He played a great game. Brooklyn uh, beat Schubert 168 to 149. Brooklyn just had a, one of the best, one of the best fantasy games possible. And so Schubert, Schubert's still a tier one team. Uh, Doom got bust up by the boy 145 to 141. And he was talking big shit about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray came, showed his ass. And then Ian, our editor, Lost to lost to uh the third member of the uh, just my dad because we needed someone to join and let me just shout out Ian the editor, my dad had three people that didn't play and Ian still got his ass whooped. <laughs> three zeros, Man. three zeros, Ian. I know you're listening to this right now. <laughs> Man, who's got Michael Thomas in that league? Is my question. Ian. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Ian, Ian got so many problems. <laughs> he might need to, he might need to talk trade with me. <laughs> Shout out to Ian. We love you, brother. All right, this week, let me tell you all the matchups, and we'll come back and tell you all the winners next week. This week, I'm playing Brooklyn. Schubert is playing my dad, and uh, Ian is playing Doom. We will come back and give you guys updates each week. But that's all the time we have this week on the pod. Justin, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Yeah, so my ad name, uh, my handle is JustinBaptiste22. I'm on all social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Instagram. And you guys can also uh, check out my blog, TraysAndLays.com. Um, I've been covering the, covering the playoffs. The next one should be the Nuggets and Late Lakers. So check that out. And uh, the draft, we actually find out when the NBA draft is starting yes, now. Yes, we did. We'll be on the 18th, so look out for some... Uh, of November or October? November. November. Yeah, they moved it back, yeah. Yeah, 18th of November. Y'all be sure to check out Trays and Lays. Justin's yeah. doing some good articles covering the playoffs. Y'all definitely be sure to check that out. Schubert, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at hschubert14 and uh, listen to the Bros Who Binge podcast every week. This past week, we just went more into our... our rotation. The, our rotation of shows that we're watching and uh, we talked some news, did the Dune trailer, stuff like that. 
Um, this but week's this week big we'll week. have a movie to review with the what's Devil it called? The Devil all the time. Devil all the time. I hear it's really good. All right. Well, both of us will have watched that and we'll be talking about it. So yep, y'all be sure to check, check that out. out. Y'all follow Schubert and be sure to check out our last week episode. And if you just checked out Tenant, that's two episodes ago. Our Tenant review. Uh, you can follow me at LinBWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. If you're an anime fan, the most recent episode of Anime Talk is out now. By the time you guys hear it, it is out. Be sure to check that out. Also, on Friday, the new Run It Back will be out. The anime Run It Back, me and Chris are reviewed Ghost in the Shell. Uh, be sure to check that out, as well as be on the lookout on the Bros Who Think Twitter for the new Run It Back live action movie poll. The, which superhero movie will we review first? That poll will be up probably on Friday just to give everybody some time and get, uh, let the other running backs get some views up. Also, be sure to check out, there's going to be a new manga review up this week for uh, Kaiju number eight. There's also going to be some new uh, anime videos up this weekend about Spy Family and some other stuff. Just be sure to follow the YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you're an audio listener, I appreciate and love you for listening to this podcast and to all the podcasts you listen to. Just want to let you know, you don't have to if you don't want to, just check out the YouTube. We have a lot of great content on the YouTube. I understand that the YouTube's just getting started. And if you've been on the audio form, look, you're going to stay there. I get it. Just check it out. You may have some stuff you like. Bros Who Think Network on YouTube. Please, please subscribe. But if you're an audio listener, subscribe to Spotify, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to uh, SoundCloud, and leave us a comment. Leave us a like. It helps us out tremendously. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you to Ben Wren for coming on the pod. Thank you to Drew Productions. But that's all the time we have this week. We'll talk to you again next Thursday. For Doom, for Brooklyn, for Justin, for Schubert, for Ben, for Drew. My name is Lyndon. You guys have an amazing weekend. Enjoy the NBA playoffs. Enjoy football, sports, content. Everything's at an all-time high. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Until then, peace. I don't want Drink turned down the lights, you know the vibes I don't wanna worry about shit today You want just the same, I see it in your eyes Turn off the news, they do too much dressing Better have you in this room and watch you undressing Tell me what you want to do and that's my only question Oh, we're going crazy, I think it's a blessing, yeah, yeah, yeah See nothing to do, girl, there's nowhere to go Just me and you get blazed up in this room I got this weed to smoke Tell me just what it is you won't do Oh yeah, just let me know How you want it, I do that for you What on my neck? What on my ring? What on my wrist? What a thing, yeah Don't hit no stress Do a thing, yeah Give all nothing less she my quarantine, I'm gonna get a room today You heard the news, they said I gotta stay inside Can't take out the coop today But girl, don't stress, you still can show me how you ride Don't say a word, don't do too much dressing Better have you in this room and watch you undress Tell me what you want to do and that's my only question while and I think it's a blessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see nothing to do, girl. There's nowhere to go. Just me and you get blazed up in this room. I got this weed to smoke. Tell me just what it is you won't do. Oh, yeah, just let me know. How you want it, I'll do that for you.